happy Juneteenth to everybody. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 19th. 2020, episode 210 this week for Horseman and Big Daddy Fauci. I'm Big Daddy Basil. And this is Gons. I'm going to go with just Gons. Regular Father Gons. Regular Grumpy Gons here again. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for watching or listening. We're live on all the platforms. Face Like the Sun YouTube, Canary Cry Radio YouTube, DLive, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, and of course, the Twitchy Twitches. The twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in all over the place. Uh, we are back in the saddle, Gons, again. So much has happened that uh, trying to keep up, even do th- doing three shows a week, keeping up is difficult. We got to work. I'm glad we got going because uh, once the whole lockdown thing happened, because there were so many episodes prior to us starting the live streaming where we had to pick and choose. I think we were only doing like three articles a week or something. 29 minutes once a week. Now we're how we do. We, we almost do eight hours a week. Yeah. It's crazy. Like 15 articles a week or 15 articles an episode or something. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. I know. But, uh, it's a good time. Um, any good updates time. since Wednesday, anything interesting that you need to let the people know? Uh, other, nothing really too important other than YouTube rejected my appeal, oh. asking them to give me a timestamp as to where I harassed or cyber bullied anybody. They with said, that last no, video that we was will banned. not they, play your no, game. We will not give you. <laughs> so they said no. So we uh, are. Thanks, We're YouTube. In, we are the captain now. <laughs> I don't know. I was hoping for a little more, but of course. What yeah, did I expect? I, I guess, wasn't yeah. expecting. You shouldn't have expected anything. anything. No. Well, you know, I wanted to give my, uh, I wanted to, I went on another bike ride yesterday and I have an update and we need to, I want to start looking to see if there's a connection between my experiences on my bike rides and like, I don't know, maybe the economy or social unrest or something. If you've been listening to the show uh, every couple episodes, I'll, I, I, I just have to talk about it. I go on these bike rides trying to lose my uh, COVID-19 that I've gained. Although I, I, I do have to say, Gons, I'm going to be very vulnerable in front of uh, us and the rest of the, in front of you and the rest of the world here. Cause I know the Canarians won't judge me. I've only put on, uh, 16 pounds since oh. <laughs> lockdown started. Whoa. <laughs> I've lost weight. I've lost about 10. What? So. How? That's crazy. Well, you know, going yeah. through some things over here. Right. So it's <laughs> going through some things. I yeah. wasn't really in the mood of eating for Apparently, I need months. to start going through some things because, yeah, <laughs> I put on 16 pounds. I, uh, I I kind of been making the joke ever since lockdown started and uh, was, you know, is this the COVID-19? You got to put your COVID-19 on. We're all going to gain 19 pounds. I'm three pounds away 
from putting on the COVID-19. And uh, that's why I've been riding my bike, trying to turn that around. And when I'm on these bike rides, if you've listened to past episodes, uh, I've been really having a, a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster when it comes to the state of the homeless population of... Um, of my area, you know, there's, they, yeah. they're there, the population grows and then the cops lock down and they all disappear and then they come back and they, you know, camped out at this park. There's like a whole little town, uh, that the little tent town that popped up at a park that I drive, that I ride my bike by. And I went there yesterday, same deal. And, mm-hmm. uh, the whole park was gated off. And I mentioned on uh, Wednesday that, all the grass in the park had died because uh, they couldn't turn on the sprinklers. And uh, I got there on Friday. Wait, no, Thursday. I went there yesterday um, and uh, they're cleared out of the park. They're not there, not in the park. It seems like they're trying to regrow the, gr- the grass. So well, I don't know. Did, what do they do? Do the, do the police come in and say, all right, get up, get on out of here. Do they, sh- or they, do they ship them out or do oh, they, I don't know. See, that's release the, one the thing. robot dogs or what's yeah, happening. That, the, well, there's that one day that the, the whole bike path was being patrolled by motorcycle cops and I got stuck behind one. Um, but yeah, they must've come out and cleared them all out. There's a, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, when there's like satellite images of, we found this ancient Roman temple and it's just like, you can kind of see the shape of where the temple used to be or whatever that's kind of what it was like at this park all the grass is dead but you can you can kind of see the outlines of where the the ancient structures uh were (laughs) held so i don't know i gotta start uh comparing data and see what you know what the cycle is with this homeless population that you know because i always kind of thought that they were you know, that being homeless was more or less like, yeah, you pitch your tent and you kind of just stay there. But it, it seems to be that you're more of a nomadic people. So I don't know where they all no went. No place to rest your head. I know. So that's yeah. the big update Gotta that I had out. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you do uh, some good work there. But hey, let's, uh, you want to just get into it? We got to fly through. We got so many stories. Okay, let's jump in. Let's uh, start with the flippy update. Flippy update. Okay, for those who don't know, Flippy is our colloquial name for our, our uh, wonderful robot friends. Flippy being the original burger flipping robot, and we use them as a proxy to explore how the robots are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. Um, today, this is a real quick one. This is from uh, people.cn. It looks like an, an Asian outlet. Yeah, it's not a secure website, so I'm not too no, stoked it's about not. showing but, this. But, but uh, the yeah. the headline is Robot Warriors Join Chinese Military Arsenal Will Free Soldiers from Dangerous Missions. So there you go. You know, if you're a career soldier, watch out. Uh, the article reads, capable of carrying any machine gun, the small ground robot can traverse complicated terrains and replace human soldiers in dangerous reconnaissance missions. More robot warriors are entering the arsenal of the Chinese military with the latest additions being a small model that's equipped with a machine gun and a crane-like missile-loading robot. And experts said on Tuesday that robots will free human soldiers from the heavy physical work and unnecessary danger. The Chinese People's Liberation Army, PLA, 
is in possession of the small ground robot, which can traverse complicated terrains, accurately observe battlefield situations, and provide ferocious firepower. The PLA Eastern Theater Command said on Sina Weibo on Monday when reposting a China Central Television report on the robot. CCTV for China Central Television. Uh, coincidentally, Gans, uh, I don't know if we've said this, if we shared this on the show or not, but about four years ago, we were uh, we were actually pitching um, some some people to try to get a canary cry tv show going uh yeah. never obviously never ended up working out but uh cctv canary cry tv uh, apparently that name's already taken by chinese central television well Yikes. i'll tell you this we when we first started canary cry radio mm-hmm. like literally a, like a year or two into it into it maybe even less than that we were getting emails from china Asking mm-hmm. us to hand over canarycryradio.com and like all of our canary cry stuff. I don't remember. Do you that. remember that? No. We, no, we got emails from like these Chinese thing. I don't know. We I'm obviously I ignored the emails, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, not surprising. Huh. But you know, the, the bigger Dang, sort we, of thing we here. We could have got, we could have sold out to China eight years oh. ago. Oh yeah. We would have been, Dang. we would have been uh multi yuan multi-million yuan <laughs> we could have had so many yuan <laughs> um the one thing that to keep in mind with all these flippy updates is like hey yeah china's got these robots here at least publicly we got our robots and but the, the robots once they become self-aware they mm-hmm. have their own agenda okay the uh bina 48 uh robot has stated as such take over the governance of the entire world which would be awesome <laughs> which would be awesome of, yeah which would be awesome that's a clip of bina 48 the robot uh several years ago you so just keep in mind that the we robots think, china yeah, we think we have these military operations and all these robots but eventually they're going to take over it doesn't matter what government so oh the hubris the hubris to think we could control these uh, creations uh, yeah. Six String Commando in the chat over on Twitch says, I've organized all the apps on my phone and I put Twitch app into my church folder. That's how I see Canary Cry experience. That's all cool. Right. I like I that. Like I like that. So there you go. Very that's cool. that's the end of the flippy update. I mean, there's more details, but basically just robot soldiers getting put into action by the CCP. Fantastic. Yeah, well, we got fun. Uh, some quick updates here, just running through a few of them and uh and then we'll get to some of the bigger stories here. Okay. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. This was reported on 6abc.com. Budget deal cuts Philadelphia police funding while increasing spending on housing and education. Uh, Philadelphia City Council and Mayor Jim Kennedy reached a deal on a budget for the 2021 fiscal year late Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. City Council gave its preliminary approval to the $4.9 billion budget, Mm. which could reduce funding to the Philadelphia Police Department by $33 million. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. So that's one quick update. Uh, obviously 33 being the magical uh, hiding in plain sight signaling number by the elites. Uh, we had Cops canceled the TV show after 33 seasons. And now right. we are defunding the police in Philadelphia by 33 million. Coincidence? Yep. I think not. I think not either. And also yesterday I was trending on Twitter. 
Spotify uh, published this uh, No Name. There's a rapper named No Name. A song called Song 33. Mm. Isn't that convenient? Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to read all the lyrics. You know, it talks about demons on on his shoulder and stuff like that. Classic. But but part of the line here, it won't play the song, Mm -hmm. uh, but part of the line here, this is the new world. Let me start one line before. They talk in abolishing the police. This, the new world order. We democratizing Amazon. We burn down borders. This is the new Vanguard. I'm the new Vanguard. Mm. So there you go. Song 33. I, I feel a, a $33 million record deal coming on for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Very good job there, fella. No name. <laughs> Here's your $33 million contract. Yeah. That's a pretty good, pretty good theory there. And then one more thing here. This, this doesn't have the, uh, have to do with the number 33, but I thought it included in here because, uh, thought it was somewhat interesting. Uh, abc.net.au k-pop star johan from tst dies at 28 the latest death in the south korean music industry so uh another one of these k-pop guys uh passed away and i was reading through the article here and you know it just talks about how this sudden death they're trying to keep it uh private not sure what happened and it says here uh, just pay attention to the names of the songs and and just the, the group and everything. Johan broke into the K-pop scene in 2013 with the group Nam, No Other Man, uh, before finding success with the six-piece group TST in 2017, formerly known as Top Secret. TST's biggest hits include Paradise, Mind Control, and Wake Up. The group's latest single, Countdown, was released in January. The industry has been rocked by the deaths of a number of its stars in recent years, shedding a light on mental health issues facing K-pop stars who are idols in South Korea. And it goes into how it's been a lot of those guys dying recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're talking about the mental health because you know, they they get picked out at a very young age and it's, it's not unsimilar to what we've seen here in the United States with like the Disney club and, you right, know, Justin right. Timberlake. Now they all became pop stars, the Britney Spears and all that stuff. But it's it's a lot more intense and more uh, a lot more competitive. Whoa, stars, the Britney Spears uh, and all that no. stuff. But it's it's a lot more intense. <laughs> ah, and stop, more, uh, stop. We've, yeah, we've hit a time Whoa. loop. Time loop, time loop. It's a lot more intense. Okay, sorry about that. That was horrible. <laughs> I, how did I have Twitch pulled up? I don't think I had Twitch pulled up, but I guess I did. My bad. All right, that was a bloop. Um. So anyway, yes, that was that was. I thought it was interesting that they would be formally called top secret and that their songs include hits like mind control and wake up and their latest single from this year countdown just thought i'd point that out there you go yeah they they had to be taken out they knew too much either that or they're part of the the signaling going Some sort on. of yes yeah oh i don't like it i don't like it guns all right mm, well we'll keep an I eye like out it. we got to keep our eye on those k-pop pals and the number three <laughs> 33 popping up all over the place of course yep. we we always see uh for those who may be new to the number 33 and you see that uh round keep an eye out for it because it's uh signaling for um, longer term plans and things like that for the elites. And you see the number 33 popping up more in times like this, when there's a lot of stuff, stuff happening, a lot of signals to be transmitted. So yeah. uh, keep an eye out. You'll start seeing it everywhere. 
Yep, yep. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about aliens for a second, Gons. Where are the aliens? So, of course, we heard uh, recently from some scientific computer Oops. modeling that there could be 36 intelligent forms of life in the Milky Way alone. But here we go. Yahoo.com, news.yahoo.com article says Trump says he's heard interesting things about Roswell. Mm. The article reads President Donald Trump says, oh, gosh, got the show burps. Shoot. President Donald Trump says he's heard some interesting things about Roswell, but he's not sharing even with his eldest child. That would Come make on, me Dad. so mad. If my my dad knew the secrets of Roswell and just wouldn't tell me, oh, that would be a at least not on camera. Real family issues. Maybe he's like, yeah, maybe he's like, well, after after the show, Dad, you got to let me know. Uh, Trump made the comments Thursday in a Father's Day themed interview with his son, Don Trump Jr., hosted by the president's reelection campaign. Don Jr. wound down his interview by jokingly asking his dad slash president if he would ever divulge more information about Roswell, the New Mexico City known for its proximity to arguably the most famous UFO event. Quote, and let us know what's really going on. Trump responded, quote, I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting. Mm. Then they talk about uh, Roswell for a pair. Well, might as well catch. I, I, you know, every show is somebody's first show. So here you go. In 1947, a rancher discovered unidentified debris in a sheep pasture pasture outside Roswell. Air Force officials said it was a crashed weather balloon, but skeptics questioned whether it was, in fact, an ter- extraterrestrial flying saucer. Decades later, the U.S. military acknowledged the debris was related to a top-secret atomic project. Still, the UFO theory has flourished. The president in the past has spoken skeptically about the possibility that there is something out there. Last year, Trump said he received a short briefing on UFO sighting, uh, but also offered, quote, people are saying they're seeing UFOs. Do I believe it? Not particularly. After his father offered that, he heard some interesting things about Roswell. Trump Jr. asked the president uh, if he might declassify that information someday. Quote, well, I'll have to think about that one. The president responded. Trump also divulged that he watched a couple of episodes. <laughs> this... <laughs> I know this article is just it's it's uh, this articles all over the place. I, the, the, so we just talked about uh, aliens, which is what the the headline was about. Then they throw this in at the end. Trump also divulged that he watched a couple episodes of Netflix's Tiger King. Joseph Maldonado Passage, known as Joe Exotic, the star of the popular docuseries, is serving a 22 year prison sentence after he was convicted for hiring a hitman to murder a rival, the animal rights activists. Now, of course, there's some uh, Tiger King fans out there who are triggered by Carol Baskins being called an animal rights activist, but that's for a different show. Uh, Trump said during April, uh, a an April press briefing, he was unfamiliar with the Tiger King when asked about Don Jr. jokingly saying on a radio show that he was lobbying the president for a pardon for Maldonado Passage. The president on Thursday did not say when he was considering a pardon, uh, but sounded intrigued by Maldonado Passage, saying, that's a whole strange deal going on, Trump said. I'll tell you, that's a strange guy and a lot of strange people surrounding him. That's right. I think we all got that. So there you go, Trump. So far, no plans to... uh, to divulge the truth about Roswell, um, but maybe because he doesn't need to. Maybe the truth is out there. 
if we're going to read between the lines of this article, mm-hmm. I'm going to suggest that maybe Joe Exotic is an alien, number one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And too. the whole Tiger King issue is uh, just- That would a, make more he, sense than a lot of other theories <laughs> that I've heard. Because he, he it's fascinating that in, a, in an interview about aliens, Trump would mention- or I guess they, you know, the whole Tiger King article would mention Tiger King and use the word strange four times, three mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Three times in a, in a paragraph. That's a strange deal. Strange guy, strange, strange, strange people strange surrounding strange him. People. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, the one thing I did notice though, I, I was going to watch the actual interview because I saw it making the rounds yesterday on Twitter and, and uh, they did a good job trying to lure people in, you know, uh, you got Don Jr. asking like, uh, would you ever declassify? And there was one of those cuts where right before Trump or right as he opens his mouth to talk, they cut it, watch the interview, you know? Uh, and yeah. so I was like, oh, I got to watch it now. So I went in there and I tried to sign up, but they wanted my phone number mm. to watch the video. And I thought they're scraping there data. There's this is a the- marketing campaign for the politics, for the for the uh, the campaign so later can, on, so you can get your uh, you're in the the Trump 100 club. You've been chosen to been chosen support Donald to- <laughs> Trump. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that one. Nephilim Joe, the Black Pope in, in Twitch <laughs> chat. Nephilim Joe, Nephilim I like Joe. it. Joe, Joe, that's going to be the uh, yeah, very good. That'll be the next uh, the, the additional season. Was it only one season? It was one season, right? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's nine so season two is going to be the return of Joe exotic <laughs> as a Nephilim. And, uh, I can't believe this whole year started out with, uh, the tiger King and look where we're at now. This is, <laughs> what do you mean? This is, it's been a hard year <laughs> for so many reasons. I keep forgetting about Kobe and the tiger King. Yeah, 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 Kobe too. That was that was pretty sad. Although uh, got my theories about that one. Let's keep moving on though, because we got speaking of Kobe in the NBA here, basketball. COVID. Snitches get stitches. So we uh, mentioned how the NBA is uh, about to restart in Florida the other day mm-hmm. and uh, how they have a snitch hotline. Yes, encouraging <laughs> for- <laughs> players to snitch on each other for COVID-19 right. infractions. Yes. Uh, and gadget.com NBA restart plan includes using aura rings to catch COVID-19 symptoms. Mm-hmm. This aura mm. ring is crazy. We, we, I actually, I think you've seen it around too, but it's been around for uh, at least a year or so. Um, but uh, it's basically a little ring. It's like a Fitbit, but it's a ring. So much smaller technology and uh, just packed with all sorts of sensors and things like that. Uh, usually, you know, kind of marketed as a health uh, tracking device. But uh, they're they're up in their game, huh? Yeah. So I guess they have a use case. While the NBA continues to move toward restarting its season with players and other personnel isolated at Walt Disney World in Orlando, details of how it hopes to manage the people on site are leaking out. According to Shams Sharania of The Atlantic, the specifics were laid out in an informational memo dubbed Life Inside the Bubble that described testing plans, quarantine protocols, and more. Uh, the part of that's specifically interesting to us, other than players only lounging with NBA 2K and bracelets that beep if you uh, if people are within six feet 
uh, misspelled there in Gadget. It says SX feet. Mm. Doing, doing the dirty work. We've been finding a lot of typos and grammatical errors in a lot of these articles, but it's probably because they think nobody nobody reads them really. I know that Yahoo article is chock full, chock-a-block yeah. full with issues. Yeah. Uh, six feet of each other for too long. It is proposed... Uh, it is it is its proposed use of Aura's smart rings. Earlier this month, study results from West Virginia University's Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute suggested yeah. that physiological data from the rings combined in its digital platform with information obtained from wearers via, uh, via in-app surveys can, quote, forecast and predict the onset of COVID-19-related symptoms three days in advance with 90% accuracy. And it kind of just goes into the technology of the ring here. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that all the people that are going down there, all the players going down there, uh, they're, they're, they're playing for the championship rings. But before they do that, they'll all have these aura rings to yeah. start things off. This aura ring is, is really interesting. This, uh, like you said, it's connected with, um, what's the full name? The Rockefeller Institute. So, yeah, the neuro neuroscience institute. Yeah, or something. so uh, that's already sets off some alarm bells. But this thing yeah. uh, takes so much data, and it's so little. I mean, like I said, it's a Fitbit type thing, but it's significantly smaller, and uh, you know, measures your oxygen levels and your breathing and your heart rate and your this and that. You know, there's a lot of conversation going on with tracking uh, biological data for. Pretty much everybody in this COVID-19 contact tracing and uh, I think there's a different article. I didn't throw it in the in the doc here, but there's an article about how the aura ring can predict if you have COVID-19 something like three days before you actually before that's, that's what the article just stated oh yeah. i'm sorry i wasn't listening you're not listening to me bro i'm sitting here reading <laughs> chat while you read that's, that's yeah, my it's pastime okay. but yeah it can so there you go that's a that's a big deal and we'll see if that gets pushed even harder but of course we know that uh china owns a significant por- uh, portion sorry the ccp members of the ccp not china as a nationality but the political party right. members of the political party own uh significant Significant portions of the NBA as well as Disney. So it's no surprise that Disney and the NBA are, are uh, teaming up here and we'll see. I mean, that everything's connected, man. Everything's connected. It's all connected. Open Millions your eyes. of dollars. Yeah. And you know, uh, I just thought of another exit strategy. Basil mm. is uh, we, we create wedding rings made out of these aura rings mm-hmm. and uh, we market it to all the people that, you know, they want to track each other's spouses. You that's know? not even that far away. Like I, I wouldn't know, be surprised we if that's already a, yeah. like, a use true. for the ring. Keep track of your, your spouse. You can't trust anyone. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's, yeah. It'll become a trend. Like if you, if you really love me, then you'll get me an aura ring yeah. with a diamond on it. Well, yeah. And you know, it gets uh, sketchy, you know, especially cause it's got the heart rate monitor and stuff. If your heart rate doesn't rise oh, enough, you yeah. know, when you're looking at your spouse, then it means you don't <laughs> love them. Oh All sorts of nasty stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. We're snitching on each other, but it's starting with the NBA. On coming to a marriage near you. Let's head, <laughs> let's, let's head so over romantic. to the uh, LA Times for another COVID update here. 
Okay. COVID. Okay, here we go. Californians, this is LA Times. Californians must wear face mask in public under coronavirus order issued by Newsom. Doesn't seem Ooh. like news, but this Ooh. did just come out yesterday. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday ordered all Californians to wear face coverings while in public or high-risk settings, including when shopping, taking public transit, or seeking medical care. After growing concerns that an increase in coronavirus cases has been caused by residents failing to voluntarily take that precaution. Newsom's order came a week after Orange County uh, rescinded a requirement for residents to wear masks. And as other counties across California are debating whether to join local jurisdictions that had mandated face coverings, quote, simply put, we are seeing too many people with faces uncovered putting at risk the real progress we have made in fighting the disease, Newsom said in a statement. Quote, California's strategy to restart the economy and get people back to work will only be successful if people act safely and follow the health recommendation. That that means wearing a face covering, washing your hands, and practicing physical distancing. At least he said Liar. physical distancing and not social distancing. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. They're, 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 maybe they're realizing that the whole social justice uh, phrase is becoming, you know, it's obviously taken over with yeah, the whole riots and the BLM up. thing. So you can't, yeah. Uh, uh, at least it cleared him up. Newsom's order. Newsom's New World Order. Uh, <laughs> before you go on here, just uh-huh. to mention the thumbnail, which is I think a YouTube video of the report here. Yeah. Giant owl. Oh. Humongous oh, yeah. owl. Interesting. We are watching you. Oh, it is. Wow. We are watching you. You better be wearing your face mask. You know, and of course, here, look, if you want to wear a face mask, you should wear a face mask. Uh, They have repeatedly been shown to not be effective to slow uh, COVID-19. The CDC claims that they don't slow COVID-19. We've gone back and forth with Fauci and uh, guys like Newsom. Wear a face mask. Okay, don't wear a face mask. Okay, you got to wear a face mask now. Uh, of course, Newsom flip-flopping on this several times now for the whole state of California. Um, but, you know, they, they got to know who's in compliance, who is a compliant individual. Yeah. You know? So if people, obviously, without mandating it, people are out of compliance. So you got to gotta keep people on lockdown. The, the article and, continues. And, oh, yep. Oh, uh, one more thing before you go on here. I did pull up uh, through archive.org. The CDC website uh, that shows a little section that says, oh, I thought I had it highlighted, but I guess I don't. But basically, uh, right here, if mm-hmm. you are not sick, you do not need to wear a face mask there unless you you're caring for someone who is sick. And this was this was back on April 1st with where this screenshot took place. But sometime between April and May, they changed it. They took the, who did? They took the this CDC? sentence. The CDC, yeah, they don't have this page up anymore. Well, they have, uh, well, I haven't checked it in a few weeks, but it was only a week or two, maybe two weeks ago, I had the video pulled up. They had the video on the CDC that said you don't have to wear a face mask unless you are sick or you are a caretaker of 
someone who is sick, you know, in a direct yeah. contact type scrub. of situation. Scrub that, scrub that stuff. It was a mistake. It's, it's, it's just a mistake. Political. And of course, you know, it's also become a signal that, you know, if you're not wearing a face mask, you're a part of the right wing extremist uh, uh, terrorist organizations and a racist. So wear a mask or you're a racist. Uh, let's what, if, what if you wear a mask and a Hawaiian shirt? Then what's, what are you? Are you going to confuse everybody? Oh, you go straight to jail. <laughs> straight straight to, it depends where you are in california you'll go straight to jail uh, mm. the article continues under state law residents who violate the new requirement could be charged with a misdemeanor and potentially face a financial penalty according to a representative for the newsom administration however officials have shied away from enforcing other statewide coronavirus mandates with similar actions choosing instead to encourage compliance and educate residents about the benefits of safeguards against the spread of the virus. So there you go. You you are a criminal if you don't wear your mask. Um, I was so see. proud of my county, you know, when they lifted the the mask thing. Well, and yeah, uh, right, it was it felt good, even though everybody was still wearing their masks, even in their cars. I see way too many people driving around with their masks on. I'm waiting for them to keel over. Uh-huh. And uh, not a, not wishing. Not wishing it, just to be clear. I'm, I'm saying, you know, the carbon dioxide levels. Um, but I actually saw, you know, you go into stores, people still, you know, were saying you got to wear the mask to get into certain stores. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So I, I'm going to skip down a little bit to some uh, relevant parts of the article here. Until now, state public health officials had only recommended that Californians wear face coverings, which if worn by someone with the virus have been shown to decrease chances of spreading COVID-19. So there you go. It's right in this article. If you have the virus, then this uh, decreases the chances of spreading. The state mandate uh, exempts children two years old and younger. Why? Why? Do you want to let the two-year-olds get They're sick? too young to be initiated yeah, into the, the owl crew. And people with medical, <laughs> mental health, or developmental disability that prevents them from wearing a face covering. Restaurant. Ah, uh, wait. Before you go on there, that could be setting up another deal where if you don't wear a mask, then you're you mentally a, disabled. You have a mental health problem, which uh, as we read in an article last episode or uh, earlier this week, um, that if you don't wear a mask, that means you are exhibiting psychopathic behavior. Right. Yeah. Right. Restaurant customers are also exempt when eating and drinking, as are residents engaged in outdoor recreation, as long as they're able to keep distance. Uh, face coverings are also not required for the hearing impaired, for some reason. Mm, why? Or those, yeah, <laughs> makes I don't no know. Sense. <laughs> or those communicating with them, or for workers whose health may be put at risk, or who may need to temporarily remove a mask to perform a task or service, like saxophone players, you know, they can take their <laughs> mask off if they need. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. With all this logic, saxophone players, trumpet players, they're just, you know, blasting COVID everywhere. (laughs) Saxophone is a magical COVID (laughs) blasting gun. Yeah, Yeah. the trumpet. Ban ban the sax, I say. Newsom in mid-March issued the nation's first stay-at-home order. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see. This is a statewide requirement. The article is quite long, but I think those are the main points. I think it starts repeating itself uh, quite a bit there. But there you go. Officially a criminal act to not wear a mask uh, unless you are exempt for some reason over there in California. So watch out, guns. They're coming for you. They're saying the numbers are... uh 
what is this? Oh, between January, what? Only 5,400. Oh, it's California. Okay. Mm-hmm. 169,000 cases confirmed, 5,407 deaths. And I'm sure not all of those are exactly oh, it's the usual uh, the result stuff. of COVID. But yeah, kind of disappointed. But uh, yeah, I think the main, other than the point of, yeah, there, uh, Newsom steps in and overrides some of the local officials, is the giant owl on this article. <laughs> I know. It's the, <laughs> the, the symbolism. Grove. The symbolism. Yeah. We're we watching you. you. Yeah, Bo- Bohemian Grove is watching you. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on here. COVID. Daddy Fauci was Yay. discussing the United States anti-science bias yesterday. Uh, and I'm just going to play the clip here because, my goodness, I was very surprised. Okay. One of the problems we face in the United States is that, unfortunately, there is a combination of an anti-science bias that people are, for reasons that sometimes are, you know, inconceivable and not understandable, they just don't believe science and they don't believe authority. So when they see Mm -hmm. someone up in the White House, which has a air of authority to it, mm-hmm. who's talking about science, that there are some people who just don't believe that. And that's unfortunate because, you know, science is truth. Science is truth. Science is truth. The most unscientific science thing you could possibly truth. say. Yes. It, not, not only is it, yeah. You, okay. To break that down, you can't, number one, that is a philosophical statement. Mm-hmm. And dare I say, I actually tweeted this out. Dare I say it's a religious statement. Sure. Because you can't scientifically prove that statement. You can't scientifically prove that science is truth. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Getting deep there, Gons. I'm just saying, man, just, this is logic. This is like <laughs> basic logic here. This isn't anything too crazy. Well, um, and of course, for, you know, if you talk to a real science minded person, science is the conglomeration of observations that we've been able to make as yes. of now. And science is constantly changing. I mean, a, a, a sort of innocent example is being eggs. You know, first eggs are healthy, then eggs up your cholesterol, then eggs don't up your cholesterol, then they do up the good kind, but not the bad kind. And it goes back and forth. Same with chocolate and stuff like that. You know, that's all science and it goes back and forth. And of course, the another problem with the sort of scientific uh, community Elitism. or worldview or leadership, right, <laughs> is uh, with statistics. And it's one of the first things you learn. When you take, uh, you know, your college courses in statistics is that uh, statistics are the best way to lie uh, because you can just depending on how you present them, uh, you can, uh, you know, make entirely opposite 
uh, ideas seem as a scientific truth. And of course, uh, people like Bill Gates, you know, recording videos with a, the book called How to Lie <laughs> Using Statistics right. stacked up behind them. And that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. You didn't put, look, when you're one of the richest men in the world and you're putting out a video uh, and you've got a stack of books in the video next to you, you know exactly what you're doing. You don't accidentally put a, there's two options with the Bill Gates video with how to lie with statistics. One of them is he didn't uh, intend in putting that book in the video, which would uh, mean he's maybe the dumbest rich man in the world. He has a really bad, uh, <laughs> really bad really PR bad person. PR you know, person. Somebody needs to get books. fired yeah. for that. Uh, the other option is he did it on purpose. And then what is the purpose of him doing that on purpose? Either to troll everybody or to send a message. So you get right. to choose. But those are your two options. Either he meant yeah. to do it and he's an idiot or he didn't mean to do it. And uh, what did I say? He didn't mean to do it and he's an idiot or he did mean to do it and he's trying to send a message. There's yeah. no other and options. And there's a really famous clip. Um, I won't necessarily play it because uh, just for time, but um, it's William Lane Craig. I think he's debating. Yes. Dr. Peter Atkins. And in this clip, <laughs> William Lane Craig lays out five reasons why science cannot like understand everything or, or, you know, is not the end all solution to everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the main points he makes is that science presupposes math and logic. Because you need math and logic for science to work. Mm -hmm. to pr you can't prove math and logic works with science because it requires math and logic for science to work. You'd be arguing in a circle. That to me was really compelling when I was first learning apologetics and Christianity and stuff like that. And this idea that maybe there's a God that made all this happen instead of you know, science or you know, whatever, goo. Sure. And it, it's really just hubris. You know, it's man's hubris to think that uh, we'll figure all this out. And, and that, that really comes down to information. You know, it, when we speak, when we write, when we, when we uh, discover something, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes, we're only just kind of figuring out or, or figuring out ways to describe and communicate what's already there, sure. stuff that was already happening. And so it, it goes to show that information preexisted the mind, so yeah. to speak. So sure. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, another big point with science is that every generation of scientists continue to disprove the generation before them. Just so right. to say that you have come to a, uh, you know, in, in uh, a distinguishable objective forever truth is uh, like you said, hubris. That's what every scientist throughout the generations has thought. And they continue to be, um, you know, scientific, uh, fact continues to change. And that's one of the wonderful things about s true science is that yeah, it changes. Science. Yes. True science. You change your uh, ideas as new information comes to be. The problem with uh, the science that's getting pe peddled to us many times is that they get new information and they try to fit it into an existing, uh, you know, uh, paradigm. And that's just not how science works. So, right. anyways, um, I got some more science for you. Ooh, more science. Okay, this is COVID. Yeah, it's COVID. 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 COVID, sorry. Here we go. COVID.
This is kind of a CERN update, yeah, too. Yeah, you can throw some uh, eugenics in there and throw some CERN in there, too, if you want. We should invite fewer people to be born. There we go. <laughs> All right, this, this is, is from uh, businesscloud.co.uk. Yeah. The article is titled, From CERN to App-Based Fertility and COVID-19 Tracking. The article reads, it's fair to say that tech entrepreneur and scientist Dr. Alina Berglund has been part of the most groundbreaking discoveries of recent decades. The ex-particle physicist uh, was working at CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research, during the discovery of the Higgs boson God particle, for which its lead researchers won a Nobel Prize. Its discovery came decades after it was first theorized, confirmation of a crucial building block in the understanding of particle physics in practice the research involved firing particles together at almost light speed and analyzing the results to the average person even a loose association uh, to such a discovery would provide a lifetime's worth of professional glory but Berglund's ambition continued closer to home after she and husband Raoul Schwarzitzel 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 Sherwitzel made plans to start a family. She began researching hormone-free alternatives to contraception to give her body a break. And it was here that the scientists noticed another gap in collective scientific understanding, that of women's reproductive health. Ooh, we've got a we've got a gap in scientific understanding. She found studies which uh, showed a correlation between fertility and body temperature and begun a study of her own with her body as the test subject. Mapping and analyzing this data would require some of the skills she had applied in her research uh, in groundbreaking physics. Quote, with my knowledge from particle physics, a lot of base analysis, statistics and math, I could create an algorithm which makes this method fail safe and easy to use. Berglund recounted to Business Cloud of her breakthrough. Her husband, an aspiring entrepreneur also with a history in particle physics, suggested that the resulting algorithm might be best served as an app. The pair co-founded Natural Cycles in 2013. There's an app for that. Uh, The pair co-founded Natural Cycles in 2013 to do just that and have now shared this technique with its 1.5 million registered users across 162 countries. The app relies on a user taking their temperature from the mouth at the start of every day and combines this with existing data on sperm survival, temperature fluctuations, and variations in cycle length. The firm's algorithm then uh, identifies the user is fertile or not. Wow, that's a, a lot of liability to take on <laughs> as a company, mm-hmm. especially yeah. given the uh, the range. Uh, you know, we've we've learned recently that uh, the average human body temperature has been decreasing uh, over the years here. So, oh my gosh, hopefully they got this right, or else there's going to be more babies. We are becoming cyborgs. Yes, a red day. Di- ide- uh, sorry, a red day signifies that the user is fertile, and a green day signifies that the user is not, and therefore does not need to use protection. She explains the algorithm. Wait, 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 uh, that, that, before you go on there, yes, I know exactly what you're going to say. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. Red signifies you're fertile, which means don't. Don't do don't it. Do you're going to get pregnant. Yeah. You're going to have a baby. Yep. And we don't want babies. Red day. We baby bad. fewer people to be born. And then green day. Hey, you're not as fertile. Go for green, it. Green good. No babies. 
an observant person in the chat said, so a hacker could make a lot of green days. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. You just start fight the new world order. You (laughs) you start messing with people's red and green days. You're going to have a lot of babies all around the world. Quote, the algorithm learns from each data point how their temperature curve and cycle works. That's why users get more red days in the first cycles and more green days as they input more data. In short, the temperature increases when a woman ovulates. Uh, Let's see. Berglund said the firm is the only app of its kind to receive certification in Europe and the U.S. And its own studies have proven it between 93 and 98 percent effective. That's pretty effective. In comparison, it found condoms were 87 to 98 percent effective and the pill 93 to over 99 percent effective. Okay, so it's as effective as regular. I I, I guess, (laughs) but I mean, it's. The thing is, it's an app, so I guess it's better than taking a pill and, and putting a chemical in your body. Yeah, I but mean, that's, that's there you I mean, that's one thing. I don't want to be completely negative about this. I mean, that's a good thing. Sure. If, if we don't have to get implants and we don't have to, uh, you know, put pharmaceutical, hormonal, you know, stuff in women's bodies, then that's or great. Or swim caps. Swim caps, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, <laughs> the problem... One of the big problems that we're sort of is happening in the world today is this whole hormone based uh, birth control stuff is really is a big experiment. I mean, they've been tested in clinical situations to not be immediately dangerous, but we're just now coming to the point where enough uh, women of a certain age have been using it for long enough that you can actually get some long term uh ideas about how this you know uh, constantly um pumping your one's body with artificial hormones synthetic hormones rather uh can affect you know long-term fertility and health um so there's a lot of good reasons to get away from that kind of uh birth control if that's what you're going for but just keep reading because obviously we haven't gotten to the COVID part here, which okay. uh, you know where this is headed. Yes. But since it was first announced, the app-based method of contraception has received both praise and skepticism, which is understandable and what Berglund recognizes is a very sensitive area. An investigation by Sweden's medical products agency in 2018 was prompted by users who had reported falling pregnant. Falling pregnant. <laughs> It resulted in the firm clarifying the risk of unwanted pregnancies and in its instructions, but found unwanted pre- pregnancies were in line with the firm's success rate claims. Quote, we ran into more skepticism than we expected, but it is because we are innovating in the women's health and contraception space. Spoken like a true entrepreneur, Berglund said, uh, addressing criticism more broadly. As a scientist, she said it was clear to her uh, that the rate of unintended pregnancy was reduced. Education around the efficacy of existing contraception was quite low, she said, and people generally don't know how effective specific contraceptive methods are. Quote, most women who use natural cycles uh, have used a less effective or similarly effective method before, but for the individual woman with an unexpected pregnancy, that's not how she would see it, she said. Uh, The quote continues, they often assume that the pill or condom is 100% effective, which is not true. Berglund wants more innovative and more uh, investments in female-specific technology or femtech. Ooh, I like Mm -hmm. that. Femtech. Femtech. 
but said that innovation is being beginning to catch up. The growth of natural cycle signals come uh some sorry the growth of natural cycles signals some of the headway gained in the subsector the firm is now 60 strong with its biggest office in stockholm a second office in new york and located in geneva which houses data analysis and research for the algorithm it also has it also has an employee in germany and london wow one employee in germany and london complicated wow yes Mm. Split right how, down. How is this one employee in two different <laughs> locations at the Come same on, time? Gons. Uh, with the international <laughs> viewpoint of a company working across countries, Berglund said New York and Stockholm were great cities for startups and tech, but Sweden stuck out for femtech. Quote, women are a little bit further ahead when it comes to equality, she said. The, distri- the, the, the distributed workforce had also made weathering the storm of coronavirus easier, she said, and given it time to look inward for a way to help with the pandemic that she said the app with its wealth of health data was in a perfect position to create a symptom tracker which it released in march its users already taking their temperature could be tracked for potential covid19 related fever and this data which could be shared with a healthcare professional that data could also be used en masse to help in tracking the potential spread the app is also being used to track a negative uh wow the app is also being used to track a negative or positive COVID-19 test. The firm's research team may then be able to study the data in anonymized form to better understand the spread and the effects of the virus in different parts of the world. The trackers, which are optional and must be enabled by users, that's what they all say, will join mm-hmm. existing functionality. The optional natural cycles trackers allow users to track their own symptoms in real time and share them with their healthcare provider. They will also be able to track a negative or positive COVID-19 test. Natural Cycles' research team may then be able to study the data in anonymized form to better understand the spread of... Wow, they just copy and paste it. Copy and... Another... (laughs) We should have like a jingle for every time we find a typo. What is wrong with these outlets? (laughs) I'd say at least half of these articles have... Like a pretty pretty, pretty sure big blunder. Every single article we've read today has been uh, has Look had at, some they, sort of problem. All they, right, I think they even. Well, anyway, to finish, I think we get the point to here. finish out the article here. In March, the company also donated hundreds of thermometers and subscriptions to healthcare workers on the front line of the coronavirus efforts for monitoring purposes. Berglund said that the founders, with a background in research analyzing this data, was part of the company's DNA. Future plans include the study and potential tracking of menopause. Berglund said that the company hopes to provide more insights into women's health in their personal lives, such that every woman can get insights into what's going on in their body. So another place in which COVID-19 tracking is uh, sort of being slipped in there, guns. Of course, we saw articles, we actually might have one in the notes today, that uh, Android and iPhone users, some of them saw uh, automatic COVID-19 contact tracing apps automatically installed on their phone recently. So there's a lot of slipping in of this tracking and tracing uh, software into uh, apps that aren't intended for that purpose and without you knowing. Yep, and that's kind of the the Hegelian dialectic here too. All the technologies that use any kind of tracing or tracking are all being conveniently, uh, you know, uh, 
co-opted, so to speak, for for the greater good of humanity. COVID's taken over, people are just, Well, it's just, you know, it's it's almost like it's too late to warn these people. We, we've been warning about the scientific dictatorship for like, what, 10 years now or something going on. They love and, it. And uh, it's, it's almost like it's too late. It, it's happened. It. All people these people love that the were technocracy. just- Ah, it's just it's it's maddening. maddening. I mean, why can't this lady just uh, focus on the whole uh, green light, red light, uh, do it or don't do it? Baby bad, <laughs> no baby good. But, but it also is like another app to, you know, mess with your your marriage life. You know, no, yeah. honey, sorry, green today. It's only a matter of time. Can't can't really uh, can't can't get cuddly with you tonight, especially since you're not wearing your tracker ring, and I can't can't read your heart rate yes that's right wear the aura ring or else no nookie all (laughs) right okay guns you want to take a very quick break right now it's break time come on take a break okay don't go anywhere everybody because uh after the break we're going to we've got quite the collection of the four horsemen of the technocalypse updates for those uh, who are new to the show we have identified the four horsemen of the technocalypse and that is bill gates jeff bezos mark zuckerberg and elon musk so we've got news on all these guys coming up and you're not gonna want to miss it so stick around but real quick uh, we want to thank some of our new Twitch followers. All right. Got your dinger dinged. I, my <laughs> okay. Dinger is ready. Dinger's Should I ready. put on my swim cap? Yeah. <laughs> yes. To ding my dinger. Um, now I want to mention, actually, the numbers over on Twitch, again, are quite low and the viewers over on YouTube are quite high. I just want to remind all you YouTube viewers, uh, they have continued to mess with us over on YouTube. So it is a little personally insulting that you haven't made the switch over to Twitch, but that's okay. <laughs> Basil's insulted. I am. But if you, you know, if you have to stay on YouTube, if you just can't stand to help us out over on Twitch, uh, that's okay. But I would recommend going over to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio, making an account and following us there uh, just in case of emergencies. Cause there may be a time uh, who knows coming up soon, especially uh, that uh, they no longer allow us to stream on YouTube. If you're watching this, you know the the risks of that. So as a backup, you should follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. And if you can, and if you love us, you should watch us over on Twitch because um, that helps us out a lot. And our numbers have been kind of low there the past few episodes, which is... Um, sad but that's okay here we go oh and part of the fun part which you will now see as we uh give a shout out to our new twitch followers is you get a chance to reinvent yourself you get you get to pick a new username and uh, a lot of these usernames are really fantastic so here we go gons you ready i'm ready okay we have ears to hear Thank you, ears to hear. We've got Obeying NWO Sheeple, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Packing in. I love it. Uh, Night Shadow, 86. like that one. Uh, Nifty OZ. Nifty Ounce? Nifty OZ? Uh, Oz, maybe? Uh, Nifty Oz, maybe? Uh, Barge yep. Runner. We got Miss Ruby. We got Ruby. Cody U. O-D-U. We got Tam Roberts. Tam Roberts. <laughs> this one's fun. The Dude Cool, 1986. The dude Cool. <laughs> the Dude All Cool. Right. We've got Earth Angel. 
Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Uh, Island Red Ladybug. Island Red Ladybug. Thanks for the follow. Uh, This one, now I can't remember if we called this one out on the last show or not, but uh, during the last show, uh, Trump Dozer Bible Prophecy followed us. Yes. I love it. Thank you very much. I like Uh, it. We got General Zod 3000. Nice. Aunt Smith. Aunt Smith. Aunt Smith. Yes. Uh, Christian Blue Princess. Hello, Christian Blue Princess. Codeman TV. Codeman. Old box. Oh, no. Old, old, old two box. Old two box. Old two box. We've also got a great one. A precious snowflake. Oh, yes. Very nice. Thank you, precious snowflake. And uh, again, I can't remember if we called this one out, but I love it. So I'm going to read it again. Just call me Daddy Fauci. Thank you very much. (laughs) Just call me Daddy Fauci. I love it. We got we got all the Fauci's following us now. This is my this is a dream come true. We we have a lot of we do have a lot of Fauci's. A lot of Fauci's. They answered the call. They answered the call. Thank you very much to all our Fauci followers. Which, by the way, this is something just real quick before you finish up the whole Twitch thing here. Uh-huh. Uh, because you mentioned Fauci, and I was going to mention it earlier, but I totally forgot. Uh, his, her, Fauci's wife, Christine Grady, yes, good, is the chief of bioethics. She's the head of the section on human subject research over at the uh, National Institute of Health. And I think she's the one that green lights or red lights vaccines yes no she is the uh yeah so um, we might need to do a deeper dive on this on one of uh yeah, the future will. uh episodes but yes she did not take fauci's last name but she is the person in charge of indemnifying uh vaccines she's the one who chooses yeah. which vaccines are not liable for negative effects and she happens to be Anthony Fauci's wife, one of the uh, most prolific vaccine patent owners in the United States and in the world. So I don't know how anybody has not called out a conflict of interest. Uh, I have. This is really (laughs) pretty wild. This this deserves to be on some mainstream outlets. You know, Uh, Fauci, the owner of more vaccine patents than any person on earth uh his wife is the person uh responsible for taking you know indemnifying vaccines you know if they hurt people um, right so there you go one of the big we're not going to get into the whole vaccine issue here but and he's the one saying science is truth and but here's <laughs> the thing i mean that is objectively objectively a conflict of interest and it's crazy because if you mention it if you even mention the truth of that uh that that's his wife to anybody they call you conspiracy theorist and it's that's just the fact that's just the fact of the matter and that's uh i mean i i'm trying to think of a of an easier uh you know sort of metaphor to understand that but it is it it is its own it, it, there is no simpler uh, statement of conflict of interest than uh, your wife is the person responsible for holding you indemnified if your product kills someone. So, yeah. anyways, moving Sorry. on. I, I had to mention it just because I, I forgot to earlier and you brought up Fauci again. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about the four horsemen of the technocalypse. 
Ooh, we're gonna go right into it. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. The four horsemen of the Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. That's right. Been a while since we played that jingle. That's fun. Um, yeah. You want to take this first one? What do you think? Me? Sure, you? sure. So, uh, as Basil mentioned earlier, we have identified Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk as the four horsemen of the technocalypse. And we actually did that fairly early on when we first started to do Canary Cry News talk in, uh, I think, 2015 or 2016. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we knew that these guys were up to something uh, even before then when we started Canary Cry Radio back in 2012. But, you know, we, they were always kind of in the in the purview of uh, the truther types. We were always kind of looking at them and kind of keeping track of what they're up to. But now, dailymail.co.uk, our favorite source for ultimate truth, artificial breast milk firm that offers an environmentally friendly alternative to baby formula gets $3.5 million investment fund backed by Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Mark Zuckerberg, three out of the four, Basil, <laughs> yeah. four horsemen of the technocalypse in on this uh, $3.5 million investment fund for uh, artificial breast milk. And it says here, an artificial breast milk startup that offers a green alternative to baby formula has received $3.5 million from an investment fund co-founded by Bill Gates. It has been estimated that around 10% of the global dairy industry, a major producer of greenhouse gases, is used to manufacture baby formula. However, U.S. firm Biomilk, with a Q, B-I-O-M-I-L-Q, is working to artificially produce, I know, is working to artificially produce human breast milk from cultured human mammary epithelial cells on a commercially viable scale. However, U.S. firm Biomilk is worth. Oh, I just read that. Yeah, uh, the one billion dollar fund Breakthrough Energy Ventures was established to help prevent the worst effects of climate change arising from carbon emissions. Oh, of course, <laughs> fake <laughs> fake baby milk to to fight climate change. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't it, know. Would that mean that real? Breast milk from human beings is causing climate change? Is that what they're trying to say? Bill Gates wants to bring the population of the human race down. So, yes, that's what it means. <laughs> Alongside Don't feed Mr. Your own Gates. Babies, you need to feed them uh, the this, this, Bill this, Gates this milk. artificial milk. <laughs> Bill Gates milk. <laughs> You know, as as I was putting together the the thumbnail for this episode, I really I, I had some things in mind to go with, but I didn't <laughs> yeah, for the purposes of uh, keeping things we're smart, kosher here, backing backing <laughs> yeah. away from that artistic inspiration. <laughs> Alongside Mr. Gates, the group's other members include Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, Virgin Group founder Sir Richard Branson, who was actually part of the original Four Horsemen of the Technocalypse. I think we had mentioned Sir Richard Branson and for his uh, Virgin Galactic uh, ventures that he was part of it Mm -hmm. earlier as well. And Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg. In February, Biomilk showed a proof of concept with their artificial breast milk demonstrating that they are able to produce both, uh, what is that, casein? C-A-S-E-I-N. Casein casein would be my guess. Casein and lactose proteins that are key components of real human breast milk. How about just using real human breast milk there, scientists? Uh, we are the first company to produce vital components of milk together within the same system 
using a process that is sterile from start to finish and free of all contamination, the firm said. Most importantly, this innovation allows us to create uh, the full I constellation of complex components in perfect I proportion. Lost, yeah, we, had, well, <laughs> we can make the we perfect go, breast milk. Uh oh, did I lose there you for you a second? Are. Yeah, I start. I saw chat starting to complain that Twitch was getting laggy, and I was trying to tell them it's not Twitch. Uh, there's a lot of oh, must be my. There's a lot of yeah. in between stages network connections that we have here, and I lost guns there for a second. So Uh-oh. don't worry, it's like not Twitch's feed. fault. Looks like the feed is kind of down right now too. Uh oh, we're offline. Shows me we're offline. Hopefully, oh, it didn't kill all the, the way. Feed. Are we all the way yeah. offline? We're back. Oh, I think no. we're returning. Oh come okay. on! It's not on. good. <clears throat> How's YouTube looking? Just, oh, Twitch. Twitch is looking good now. Twitch is looking okay. I just keep yes. getting the offline, offline from restream yeah. over here. That's not good. It, yeah. it might have killed the stream. Uh, it's going on Twitch. Stream is back on Twitch. Hello, come on. Can you hear me? Oh man, this is this doesn't look good at all. I don't know if guns can but, hear me. I don't know if anybody I can, can hear, hear me. Okay, I can hear you. Looks like we're back. Okay, we're back. I think we're back. It might have started that. That might have completely kicked us off of YouTube and started a whole new stream. Uh, no, nope. Twitch uh, is Twitch is still fun. going. I know Twitch, but then YouTube sometimes so old. Stop uh, one stream and start a whole new stream because well, you know, that's a good YouTube reason and... for everybody to go over to Twitch. Yeah, Twitch.tv/CanaryCryRadio. So uh, as I was saying here, they they were being quoted as saying that they're going to make the uh, the full constellation of complex components in perfect proportion. And what I was saying was, why not just use you know they're they're, they're going to make perfect breast milk with perfect proportions. Yeah. Alongside helping to reduce the carbon footprint associated with the production of baby formula, the firm's product may provide a healthier alternative for some babies. Formula, which is typically based on either cow's milk or soy rather than human proteins, can be hard for some children to digest, an issue which BioMilk's alternative product should not have. Quote, We believe parents, caregivers, and infants deserve more options in early-stage nutrition. Not that it hasn't worked for several thousand years with babies. <laughs> um, BioMilk co-founder and cell biologist Layla Strickland said, quote, we're determined to give them just that and create a better world for future generations. Uh, it kind of goes into some more things here. Yeah. Pictures of Bill Gates and you know, there's, it's an interesting thing of, cause of course there are mothers who have an issue, uh, you know, sure. With, yeah. with breastfeeding, and that of course deserves uh, a, a quality alternative. Um, yeah. And then there's you know the other reasons why women uh, would not want to do that, such as you know I don't know if a mother has a nicotine habit or an alcohol uh, habit or some other sort of unhealthy habit, they don't want to pass that on to uh, their child, and that's a whole another conversation to have. Um, so you know, look, there's a lot of great reasons to provide a, uh, you know, breast milk alternative to children. And, uh, you know, is it better than, uh, the formula that's been around since the fifties? Probably, hopefully. Um, but you know, with any, uh, with a lot of this sort of replication stuff, there's a lot of room for f- funky, uh, reactions that, 
you know, I've never been a problem before. And a lot of times, like with a lot of science, it needs to have a long term study to, to make sure it's not going to have any adverse effects. Um, right. I don't know if we have this story. This is one that was floating around. I don't know if it made it into the doc uh, for this show, but there is recently some em- some human embryonic, uh, you know, uh, experiments and they turned out horribly. They, they completely <laughs> ruined these embryos and there was a lot of downstream mm. effects um, when it comes to replication and genetic modification. And so hopefully, you know, there's a lot of questions about this, what this process is and what exactly goes into replicating this uh, breast milk. Um, and of course, there's a lot of ethical questions that I'm sure will be asked over the uh, the the uh, experimental period, so this is something we'll right. have to keep an eye on. See what else comes out about it. Yep. Uh, well, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable. Hopefully, uh, people just you know, yeah, use their own natural given stuff. Well, God created. If you're able, a, there's a, a lot of way. mothers who aren't I, able I get to it. do that. Yep, I get it. There are people that aren't able or people that shouldn't, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe trying to create the perfect concoction to fight climate change I is mean, not always well right the the sort of the wackiness of trying to say that this fake breast milk will save the planet from uh from climate change is it's just sort of superfluous like there's a lot of great reasons <laughs> To yeah. to find a, an effective, healthy alternative uh, for babies who don't have access to, you know, healthy, natural breast milk. But to try to tack on all these other, you know, issues, uh, it's just saving it's the world. Manipulative. It's weird. I don't like it. You know what? No. And of course, one of the biggest reasons we bring this into question is because uh, three of the four horsemen of the technocalypse are involved and you got to keep yeah, an eye exactly. on whatever they're involved with. I mean, that's just the, <laughs> it's, the fact of the matter. It's crazy that the first time we see them working together or working in concert is, uh, is fake breast milk. <laughs> that is kind of like, weird. That's just really weird. It it's, weird. it's super eugenic-y, you know? Yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah. So they're all in the eugenics club. But all right, let's, uh, let's hit another Four Horsemen uh, of the Technocalypse clip here. The Four Horsemen of the Technocalypse. Anytime you see the Four Horsemen, it's something special. Now this, is this will make all of us feel good. Yes, of course. This is from Newsweek.com, so take it for what you will. But there has been a lot of talk about this uh, during COVID, and let's just jump right in. The article's titled, Billionaires Get $583 Billion Richer Since Coronavirus Began. As millions of Americans continue to file for unemployment benefits during the coronavirus pandemic, American billionaires saw their wealth increase by $583 billion. A new report from Americans for Tax Fairness, ATF, interesting, and the Institute for Policy Studies Program in Inequality says billionaire wealth has grown 20% between March 18th and June 17th. Uh, The two groups analysis of Forbes data shows the total net worth of U.S. billionaires increased from two point nine four eight trillion to three point five three one trillion in the three month time frame. Since the national shutdown, which began in mid-March, the U.S. has added twenty nine billionaires. Wow. Really? Twenty nine new billionaires since March. 
Now totaling 643 across the country. Of the growing list, 12 billionaires more than doubled their wealth over the past three months. One of them, Trevor Milton, the founder of truck manufacturer Nikola Motor, increased his wealth fivefold. Five, so have, he's already a billionaire and he increased his wealth fivefold in like three months. So oh. we have Nikola Motor and we have Tesla Motors. Oh, good catch. Mm, mm-hmm. Quote, in three months, about 600 billionaires increased their wealth by far more than the nation's governors say their states need in fiscal assistance to keep delivering services to 330 million residents, ATF Executive Director Frank Clemente said in a statement. Quote, their wealth increased twice as much as the federal government paid out in one-time checks to more than 150 million Americans. If this pandemic reveals anything, it's how unequal our society has become and how drastic it must change, Clementi added. The nation's top five billionaires, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, and Larry Ellison, uh, saw their, their just a fun, uh, fun detail. You'll notice Elon Musk is not on that list of top five. He's actually like 63rd last time I checked. Uh, yeah, he was at, I checked right before the episode. He was right about 40 billion. Uh-huh. And uh, I think these other guys are well over a hundred oh, yeah, billion. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyways, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, and Larry Ellison saw their wealth grow by a total of 101 billion or 17.4% of the total wealth growth of all 643 billionaires. The combined fortunes of Bezos and Zuckerberg account for 13% of the 583 billion Wow. Of the Bezos makes sense. And Zuckerberg, I guess, makes sense just because people are sitting on Facebook longer, getting advertised to more. Yeah. And that's why we don't advertise on the show, Gons, because all it does that's is make right. billionaires bigger billionaires. More billionaires. We're just waiting for the public trillionaires to, to come out. Yeah. But- we know that the trillionaires exist in the... Uh- behind the curtain there but yes well there is we've these are the public wealthy yes 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 continuing bezos's amazon has benefited from the pandemic more than any other retailer with an increased demand for e-commerce as in-person retail stores were shuttered in compliance with statewide lockdown measures bezos's wealth growth in dollars is greater uh, than for any other billionaire and this is kind of where we need to stop for a second because right here's the thing All this talk about wearing masks, all this talk about another shutdown, all this talk about, uh, you know, we got to protect more against a second rise of coronavirus. Bezos would love nothing more than to keep everybody locked in uh, for eternity. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, we'll refer to the elites um, in sort of, you know, a, a an amorphous way of course there's complaints about bill gates and and things to talk about with uh you know governors and people like that but bezos has earned more money than anybody in the history of the world with this lockdown and if you think that the richest man on the planet wouldn't be supporting in a lot of shadowy ways the push towards another lockdown uh or to keep people in general from supporting small businesses instead of amazon you are completely deluded for it, it, <laughs> Uh, that's all there is to say. I mean, that's I why actually, we track these guys. 
I actually have a clip of Jeff Bezos when he heard that there might be a second surge of the the Ronas. (laughs) (laughs) He loves that idea. So, yeah, you know, of course, in America, we're all for people, uh, you know, gaining success in their business and whatever they want to do through hard work and all that type of stuff. But when you getting richer means uh, you do everything in your power to continue locking people in their houses, uh, you've crossed the line. The article continues because of the economic fallout of the global health crisis, 45.5 million Americans have lost their jobs as confirmed cases of the virus have surpassed 2 million in the U.S. Both the health and economic effects have disproportionately affected affected low-wage workers, people of color, and women. The top five billionaires are all white men. Uh, Of course, we got to make this racial here, but an interesting thing, uh, there was an article came out from, I love Amazon employees. Amazon employees are not afraid to (laughs) tell the world uh, the truth about what's going on. Uh, Apparently, Amazon had to cut a bunch of bonuses and wasn't giving correct overtime and was, uh, of course, taking advantage of their low-wage employees. But Amazon uh, started passing out uh, you know, Amazon thank you shirts. So they started giving t- t-shirts to all oh. these mistreated workers <laughs> to say thank you for being such a heroic Amazon worker. And I can picture uh, <laughs> I could picture Bezos like we should we gotta do something. Overtime oh, t-shirts. No. Reasonable wages, no. Uh <laughs> let's just give them t-shirts. That'll th- people love t-shirts. We'll give them this t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Continuing quote, surging billionaire wealth contrasted with job losses and declining middle class wealth dramatic. dramatizes the unequal experience of this pandemic. Chuck Collins, director of the Institute for Policy Studies Program on Inequality, told told Newsweek, quote, worse, it undermines the unity required for us to pull together and build an economy that works for everyone. It just occurred to me, Gons, that uh, actually Twitch is owned by Amazon. It Uh, is. So, you know, we better uh, be careful. We might get kicked off of Twitch talking about Bezos like this. Come and get us, Bezos. (laughs) Quote, the last thing U.S. society needs is more economic and racial polarization, Collins said. The surge in billionaire wealth and pandemic profiteering, pandemic profiteering, that's fun, undermines the unity and solidarity that the American people will require to recover and grow together, not pull further apart. And uh, the article is just more talking about uh, how evil these billionaires are which i think we get the point we get the point and i uh i did some math uh, and i always like to do this to put it into context uh about you know how much money this actually is Mm -hmm. and i actually did this the other day with the six trillion dollars that we printed and i was going to get to it later on Mm. i'll mention it here real briefly uh basically ever since the year jesus rose from the dead if you print just consider making eight million dollars a day mm-hmm. from from the year Jesus rose around thirty three A.D. to today. It doesn't add up. It doesn't even. It's two hundred billion short of six trillion. Yeah, that's how much money that is. That's crazy. And and I actually did the math for the five hundred eighty three billion here for this article. Just think about okay, these guys got five hundred eighty three billion dollars richer just you know during this year for the whole Ronas. That same same time period from Jesus' resurrection, uh, roughly around the year 33 AD to the year 2020, you'd have to print or make 
$800,000 a day since Jesus ascended <laughs> to match that amount. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's insanity. That's the thing to remember that here. A trillion is... It, your mind can't even fully comprehend the number of one trillion. It's one with 12, 12 zeros. Well, I mean, yes, it. we can, we can, you can look at it. We can but you can't comprehend really. the mathematical symbol for a trillion. But if you try <laughs> right. to, if you try to, uh, it, you've got about, I think it was, you've got about a trillion cells that make up your body. And you yeah. look at your body and you can't pick out any single cell, you know, they're of course microscopic. Uh, so, you know, if you want to try your hardest to, imagine a trillion things it's uh your body but break it down into a you know it's individual cellular components uh which is crazy it's you just can't imagine it's too big all too right big. what else you got guns we have another well you know i was gonna maybe skip this story but we'll just do it anyway this is a. Uh, <laughs> this is another four horsemen guys have been busy the mercurynews.com facebook takes down trump's antifa ads for violating our policy against organized hate which is in quotes there there's a flattering picture of uh mr cyborg zuckerberg Beautiful. and the article states facebook on thursday said it had uh it had take action what is this another typo? Facebook on Thursday said it had take action against ads run by President Trump. I think it's taken, right? The sure. Proper grammar. Anyway, sorry. More grammar mistakes. Um, against ads run by President Trump's re-election campaign for breaching its policies on hate. The ads which attacked what the Trump campaign described as dangerous mobs of far-left groups featured an upside-down triangle. The Anti-Defamation League said Thursday the triangle, quote, is pr uh, practically identical to that used by the Nazi regime to classify political prisoners Ooh. in concentration camps. Fun. Mm. You know, we always got made fun of for pointing out all the triangles. Yeah. Now who's the one acting all crazy with triangles? Quote, we remove these posts and ads for violating our policy against organized hate. Our policy prohibits use. Uh, using a banned hate group's symbol to identify political prisoners without the context that condemns or discusses the symbol, Andy Stone, a Facebook spokesperson, told CNN Business. The ads targeted the far-left group Antifa, calling on Trump supporters to back the president's call to designate the group a terrorist organization. Responding to criticism of the ad earlier Thursday, the Trump campaign claimed the red triangle was, quote, a symbol widely used by Antifa. The story is developing. Ooh, developing. So there you story. go. More. Uh, remember, for the last few weeks, it seemed like Zuckerberg was kind of in with, you know, kind of snuggling up to Trump and and sort of making it seem like, oh, I'm, I'm neutral. Well, we're, yeah, because he was, here. you know, Trump was pulling all of his uh, Facebook, his executive orders to uh, take away the freedoms of these big corporations, the social medias. So it's almost like these guys have to virtue signal to each other to like make it seem, hey, oh, hey, that's we're, we're, that's we're absolutely what Trump. it is. I mean, this is yeah. a this is a proxy war move. 
You know, yeah, you sign a, sure. uh, you threaten my business, I threaten your election. You, I, you know, it's a back and forth. It's a proxy war. Um, yeah, so that's not surprising, of course. Uh, Trump wages all sorts of proxy wars. He does. Um, but uh, yeah, you gotta love it. Uh, you know, when two powerful men just keep tearing each other down. But, you know, it's just hilarious that it's, it's just an upside-down triangle. You know, <laughs> symbols are really how you uh, interpret them. Yeah. And, I, and I, they're referencing it not – they, the thing is they used it in a way that was like, hey, this is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe – and I guess Facebook was trying to say, hey, you're going after a group of people that's trying to be anti-fascist and labeling them fascist or whatever. But yeah. anyway, if uh, anybody cares to look at the uh, symbol there, I have it uh, pulled up. Okay. It's, lit- it's literally a, a square with an upside down red triangle. Classic, classic move. All right, let's finish out our four <laughs> horsemen of the technocalypse segment. We're not going to leave you out, Elon. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. Some this might special. be my favorite article of the day. <laughs> I know. This is from gritdaily.com. The article's titled, How to Have Digital Swag or Digital yeah. Moves Like Jagger. Mm-hmm. A Gen X relative recently said, this is, uh, you know, it's sort of written as an opinion piece here. First person opinion piece, yeah. A Gen X relative recently sent me an article on Elon Musk's Neuralink product. As we know, that's the uh, brain computer interface product that Elon has been working on for a while now. Uh, That allows the brain to control computers using just thoughts. He said the product had moves like Jagger. I responded with a distinctively unhip, uh uh-huh, and rushed to look up the meaning of moves like Jagger. Urban (laughs) Dictionary wasn't much help. It said the term was another way of expressing something that had swag. Okay, next lookup. What's swag? For the more urban, linguistically challenged folks out there, swag means cool. Okay, got it. Back to the point. The Neuralink product would replace a small part of your skull with a chip about an inch in diameter, which would control electrodes placed on neurons in the brain. That would allow electrodes to stimulate neurons to mimic the function of the brain. This would be used initially to overcome brain injury and trauma-related problems. Longer term, though, there are a variety of possibilities, including downloading languages directly into the brain. This brain-computer interface certainly has the moves like Jagger. (laughs) I don't know if they get to it in this, but Moves Like Jagger was a song that came out when I was in college and uh, just stuck around. Well... Elon is certainly on a roll these days, isn't he? Between the amazing run of Tesla, the recent successful launch of SpaceX's Crew Dragon spacecraft carrying NASA astronauts, and a handful of other equally mind-blowing ventures on the side, not to mention a brand new baby boy. Uh, what's, what's his name? X-Ash Archangel. Uh, Elon's unpredictable star is suddenly once again on the rise, which brings me to my main topic. What would it take for us to have digital swag? Could we develop a few musk like skills? So we have at least a few minor moves like Jagger. Okay. This is starting to annoy me. The use of this, but here we go. But should we have Elon like moves? 
Elon is my number one admired person for disruptive innovation. But to be honest, even if I could innovate like him, I can't. I'm not sure that I would. Elon is one of the best examples in the world of a trailblazer in every sense of the word. His brand of innovation is to conjure something into existence from the dark void of oblivion. That's pretty occultic there, Elon. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, good good stuff you help with your uh alchemy or your philosopher's stone uh or <laughs> as peter thiel not on my list of heroes calls it going zero to one this is sexy but extremely difficult to do the other types of disruptive innovation is one to n taking something that works and making it great i.e think creating ipod from mp3 players this is the financially safer approach, you can still create disruptive products with this approach, but with more predictability. There's a good reason why there's only one, Elon Musk. We're definitely going to get kicked off of Twitch. Uh, of course, Elon Musk recently stating that uh, Amazon needs to be broken up for monopoly reasons. So a little, <laughs> little proxy uh, punch there coming from Elon towards Jeff Bezos. And now we're just reading this this uh, glowing review of Elon Musk from uh, who is this Tony Saldana. Okay. Moving on. Desirable digital swag. We can pick up from Elon. Maybe we need Gons. I think we need to give you some digital swag. I'm, I'm okay. But fear not. Elon has plenty of other swag that we can pick up. Here are the three things that I try to follow. Manage by rhyming. Elon says his style is, oh my gosh. Uh, Elon says his style is management by rhyming. He is reported to have said at a recent SpaceX event, quote, if the schedule is long, it's wrong. If it's tight, it's right. Digital. (laughs) This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The digital world and the resulting fourth industrial revolution moves at a different pace than the world of the third industrial revolution. We were trained that between better, faster and cheaper, we could at least choose two. Not true any longer. I believe that uh, most often if you push for faster, you also get better and cheaper as side benefits. Sleep on the factory floor. Elon is famously hands-on. When Tesla failed to meet its output for Model X SUVs, Elon moved onto the factory for two weeks. He slept in a sleeping bag. He spent entire days triaging cars at the end of the line, trying to identify the root cause issues. Eventually, he succeeded. This worth ethic, work ethic and persistence is crucial. Sorry, critical <laughs> during digital times. War. I can just picture, mm-hmm. before you go, and I can picture Elon walking around. Who knew he was a SoundCloud rapper? At work, that was his method to really He's get things show up done. With a face tattoo. It would not surprise me a single bit if Elon showed nope. up one day with a face tattoo. No, not at all. Okay, Can, uh, we're almost done here. War on bureaucracy. Elon is not a fan of meetings, hierarchy, or any system that interferes with immediate communication. Some of his, quote, rules include avoiding large format meetings unless essential, preferring infrequent meetings unless there's a crisis, feeling free to leave meetings uh, where you're not essential, avoiding jargon, contacting people directly without getting caught up in hierarchy. And my favorite, 
Don't follow silly rules. Not surprisingly, these are principles consistently found in most digitally native companies. The digital era can be unforgiving of old world practices that stifle innovation. Fortunately, there's more than one way to innovate. Elon is unique in his ability to create something from nothing. However, in all the noise of his exciting product creations, we shouldn't lose sight of the basic disciplines that enable those disruptive products to see the light of day. And that's swag we can all develop. So there you go. This person is a big fan of Elon. Uh, loves how he rhymes. I like that. <laughs> Those are the two biggest things that this guy pulled from Elon was rhyme a lot and don't go to meetings. <laughs> how, to, how to have swag like Jagger, <laughs> like Elon. Just rhyme. Rhyme a lot and don't go to meetings. And don't have meetings. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, there we go, Gons. I think we're pretty good. We're getting pretty close to that Elon swag. We uh we're really bad at bureaucracy and I don't, we are really bad I don't at bureaucracy. Know. We could we could update our rhyming. We just have to start. You uh you started your SoundCloud rap career. You all you gotta do is pick it back up. You can be just like Elon. Yeah, I just wasn't willing willing to take that next step with the face tattoo. Mm, That's where I drew the gotta line. Get the face tattoo. Yeah, I just wasn't really up for that. But mm. otherwise, you know, maybe maybe I can. I, I, gone are the days when you can just have like you know gold teeth or something. It's all about the face tattoos now. Well, you got to have your gold teeth too. You can't skip out on that, guns. There's yeah. still some remnants of the old world. Mm, okay. Well. All right. We'll start there. Uh, what you you got anything else for this segment? No, that's four stories on the four horsemen of the technocalypse. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. It's break time. Come on, take a break. That's right. Time to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to be talking. uh, We got a whole segment on some financial stuff going on, some currency uh, and trust me, it's not cryptocurrency this time. You're going to want to stick around because this is going to have a big effect on uh, local economies all over the United States and elsewhere. Um, let's see. Money, money, money. Yeah, we got a bunch of money stuff. So you're going to want to stick around. Ooh, the eBay guys stocking their people on eBay. Yeah. Okay. There's good. a lot of really funky stuff after this break. So stick around. And an Nephilim update. And a Nephilim update. That's right. Don't forget yep. that. Now, I do. before we get into this, I do want to uh, reply to something. I saw earlier in the chat, um, you know, look, YouTube people, thank you so much for tuning in. But the, I'm looking at the chat in YouTube and the chat in Twitch, markedly different. Uh, <laughs> YouTube, people on YouTube have a bad attitude. Um, and one of them is, you know, they asked, why, uh, why do you even bother to stream to YouTube if you want everybody to wa- watch on Twitch. And I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that still, even after all of <laughs> our, our pleading and asking for people to go to Twitch, uh, even after YouTube betrayed us, demonetized your uh, YouTube uh, channel, taking consistently taking off your videos, uh, cutting our stream midstream, all the things that YouTube has done to us. We still have more people watching on YouTube than Twitch by like four or five fold, something like that. Uh, 
or maybe less, threefold maybe. So, you know, most of our viewers are over on YouTube, and that's unfortunate. We've tried to tell you <laughs> to get over to Twitch. It's really any day now. Where it's not by our own choice are we going to disappear off of YouTube. But uh, that's why we still stream on YouTube, because... People have not made the switch to Twitch. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe one of these days when they finally stop letting us uh, uh, stream on YouTube, then you'll have no choice. We'll probably just, I don't have, I don't think many YouTube people will uh, watch on Twitch if we get kicked off. So we're just trying to get the, get the word out there for as much as we can. And event eventually we'll try to figure out a way to just stream from our own website. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get off all of these, you know, services. Yeah, that's that's the real the problem. The real thing yeah, is the real we gotta independent completely way. get off the services. And you know, if you wanna keep making Susan watch Jiki rich, uh, that's your prerogative. I guess it's either uh, good Susan or Jeff. You get to choose. Yeah, you get to choose. Good servant on YouTube says I want to super chat. Uh Thank you for that, but you can't because YouTube completely demonetized the Face Like This on YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, that's so the point. No, no super chats. You can't super chat anymore because they demonetized. Uh, but yep. if you want to help us out, you can uh, learn about that here in just a few seconds. Uh, we're going to get on with this break so we can get back to the stories. Um, yes. So real quick, Gons, you got your ding or ding for the small list of Twitch followers who followed us during the show. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to ding there. That's okay. Here we go. We got Awoke Within. Ooh. We got within. World According to Scooter Lee. Oh, I like that. We got Marimore the Red. Ooh. Is that Marimore? The Way, the Truth, the Light. The Life? Is the light. Is light. Global Watchman News. I saw you. Global nice. Watchman News made the switch from YouTube. Thank you very much. Very cool. Snake Charmed. Ooh. Doesn't sound too good. Yep. Uncle G, the man, one. Right. Uncle, Uncle G. G. Gabe loves Rach. Ooh, we got, sounds like we got a, a couple. A couple made this way. Ah, yeah. Get one of those aura rings to track each other's yes, heartbeats. That's right. <laughs> oh, this one's great, Gons. We got the riot control bees in the house. Yes. <laughs> riot yes. control bees. Actually, somebody sent us a, a pretty in depth thing about that. I don't have it pulled up here, but I've been meaning to address it do you know what i'm talking about basil no i missed it we got an email from a listener about riot producer, control bees about something about bees that were uh, it was like something about the honeybee oh, population i saw decline. that i didn't i saw it right before the show i didn't have a chance to take a look at it but we will yeah, look we'll, at we'll that. get to it at we some got a point bee yeah. update from a producer uh yes. we got king william arthur all right we got uh I like kings zidadu 22 22. Uh, and then that's it. Those are all our new Twitch followers. Thank you very much for following us and watching on Twitch. Really means a lot to us. We appreciate that. Thank um, you, everybody. And uh, let's, mm -hmm. we only have a few uh, supporters, new supporters to thank, producers, if you will. Yes. Uh, to thank on PayPal and Patreon. Yeah. Uh, on PayPal, we have. Well, real quick, let me explain to everybody. 
okay. well, no, I'll explain it after. You're right. Now, the one thing to mention is that uh, we are value for value model. We don't believe in gaining your trust and your viewership, your eyes, your ears, turning around and selling that for a profit for our own personal gain. Instead, yep. if you support the show on one of the many ways to do that, uh, you know, this is how it works and things like this. People who pay for the show, you are a producer of the show. You're not our product. You're our producer. So uh, up next, we're going to read a list of the brand new producers since Wednesday. Yes. And on PayPal, we have somebody uh, coming in. Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Coming in on PayPal. Coming in on PayPal. And on the Canary Cry Radio uh, Patreon. That's patreon.com slash canary cry radio. We had one producer come in, Delilah. Thank you, Delilah. Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. And I think we had one. I haven't updated uh, or checked out the update, but we also got an upgrade from Cynthia. Yeah, so thank, thank you, Cynthia. Cynthia. I believe that's Simkitty, if I remember. Um, so, oh no, this is a different Cynthia. Well, thank you, different Cynthia. All right. I think. I don't know. I could be wrong, but whoever you are, <laughs> Cynthia, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Cynthia, Delilah, and Brian, the brand new producers of Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, you guys are the best. And yeah, like I said, um, you know, we used to talk a lot about just donations, donating to the show, help the show keep going, and donating, donating, donating. And, and you know, in, to a degree, it still is that way, but I don't think that gives the people the... Uh, I mean, that's, it's just not right. You know, you're just donating like it's a charity case. Um, and of course, Gons, you and I are charity cases. Everybody knows that. But the fact of the matter is we- uh, We're not 501c3 though. We put out seven to eight hours worth of material every single week. I mean, that's very prolific. That's that's more than, uh, I mean, 99.9% of shows. And when I say shows, I, I, I mean podcasts. We are originally a podcast. Make sure to follow. You still are. Yes. Um, The streaming thing is new to us, but there you go. You're, you know, you're not a, uh, you know, you're not giving to charity. You are helping to produce the show. And that's why we call you producers. Um, So if you want to become a producer of the show, we would appreciate that very much. We can uh, uh, use as many producers as possible. You can head to patreon.com com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk uh or you know if you don't like patreon a lot of people don't like patreon that's okay you can go to canary cry radio uh, dot com slash support canary cry radio dot com slash support and if you listen to last episode you know that we have started a very exciting program uh we ripped it pretty much word for word from the no agenda show uh don't worry we're in contact with them they we have their permission and uh this is a great way to recognize long term uh and you know high high uh, high throughput uh producers now for those who don't know we've been doing this show for we are in our ninth year of podcasting um so that's pretty fun we're, i'm just 
going to keep saying that until we get to 10 years. I can't wait to get there. It's going to be an existential crisis. But we have had supporters, you know, stick around for many, many years. And because of that, we wanted to uh, uh, instigate a way to recognize producers who have supported the show uh, specifically in the amount of $1,000 or more. And that is through the Canary Cry uh, roundtable of Knights and Dames, Gonzo. And yes. uh, we we damed our first dame, the very first uh, seat at the round table last episode. And that was Dame Island Girl Lynn. Thank you very much, uh, Dame Island Girl Lynn. And today, Gons, I'm very excited to announce we are we're here tonight. We're, we got another night, the second seat at the round table. Ooh, I know. Very Who is it? Uh, well, here we go. We are going to be knighting uh Sir Greg. Greg has right. supported the show for many, many years, and uh, we went through the accounting, and he uh, has met or exceeded $1,000 of support. So we appreciate that, Greg. And uh, what do you think? Should we just knight him? Should we do it the old-fashioned way? Get out. Here's my sword. Hold on. Let me pull this out. There we go. You got one? Well, again, as a Japanese-American, I don't do swords. Ah. I do katanas. Katana. <laughs> Yes, that's very good. Okie dokie. Sir Greg, step on up to the round table for our uh, our second ever nighting. We want to call up Sir Greg. Please step forward to the Canary Cry round table where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support in the amount of $1,000 or more. We are proud to announce you, Knight. You shall now be known as Sir Greg of the Five Smooth Stones, Knight of Resilient Truth. At the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have the belt of truthful truthiness, breastplate of righteous righteousness, custom-fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiation, uh, substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kittens for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have fancy feast wet food, and of course, fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Dames Round Table, Sir Greg of the Five Smooth Stones, Knight of Resilient Truth. Thank you so much. Everybody out there should thank Sir Greg uh, of the Five Smooth Stones uh, for supporting the show for so very long. We are so grateful for your support. A uh, big producer of the show. And uh, we got a note from Greg here. Uh, he says the, the five smooth stones are from 1 Samuel 1740 for Goliath and then parenthetical Google, a.k.a. Alphabet. And the other four giants that were uh, slain after him in 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. I see those five giants that need slaying as Google, Alphabet, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft. I like it because David was expecting the other four giants to show up after he slayed Goliath. Thus, the five smooth stones. Of course, he could not do it alone. He needed his brothers' help to finish the other giants' unity in Christ. Thank you very much, Sir Greg, and welcome to the round table. There we go. We've got two. We've got a knight and a dame. Uh, guys. There we go. Very fun. So there you go. And I want to remind everybody, we do have some producers who have supported us uh, a very long time. And if you think that you have reached 
If you have met or exceeded $1,000 of support over the years, um, please send us an email uh, with the accounting. Uh, our PayPal records only go back a couple of years. So uh, send us the accounting. We'll get you at the round table. Very cool to have such um, long-term and generous supporters, producers of the show. Very important. We couldn't do it without these people. Um, yes. And, uh, I do want to mention that one of the things, one other way you can support the show and become a producer is by sending us jingles. People have sent us some jingles. Yes. And um, the other way to do it, which is kind of fun, is through artwork. Yes. And we actually have a couple pieces of art here. One of them I had ready, uh, and I'm trying to find who sent it because I am not finding the person who sent it to us. Do you know who it was, Basil? It was the... Uh, talking about the big one? The big one, the, the cartoon one. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. And uh, we, we are officially... We've made it, Basil. We're, we're cartoon I know. characters. I was so excited <laughs> when this came in. Uh, I know. It's so awesome. This? So there's a, there's a cartoon cover, Canary Cry Saga, bringing logic to insanity. Stop this madness before it's too late. And uh, they he he drew or they drew me in um in <laughs> I think I guess I'm a lifeguard. Uh -huh. I have a red a tight red shirt with my bulging shoulders and and uh, very, very defined fit. pectoral You're muscles. You're living your best life in this art. Oh, this guns. is this is bringing me back to my days as a competitive swimmer. I was uh, I was uh, nice and trim back then. <laughs> and, You're looking uh, good. Yeah, looking good. I got the cross over my heart there. And Basil, uh, I got to say, your um, <laughs> your look is a little more it's got creepish. Some, uh, it's, I've got some uh, some Jim Carrey vibes. <laughs> some some uh, what Like is the it? tick or something. Oh, the tick. Yes, yeah, some major yeah. the tick vibes. Well, you know, he had to do the best he could without uh, being able to see my, my jawline. And I got to say, I'm flattered. I do got Godspeed. my Hawaiian shirt Godspeed. there in uh, in protest of being called a, a a racist. I'm not affiliated with the Boogaloo movement. I just uh, like <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, and this is this is fun. I really like this. Bringing yes. logic and to insanity, Canary Cry <laughs> Saga. This makes me wonder. We got a. What if we did our own comic book? That would be funny. Um, oh gosh, that's a whole I love whole it. thing there. Great job. Uh, and actually, we have one from, more. This was from, uh, well, the, the name on the email is Godspeed. Um, right. So, yes. yeah, I don't know if I, we have a real name, but thank you, Godspeed, so much for this. This really made my day. Having this coming. We actually, awesome. We, well, we also had a hand-drawn uh, image from Christine. <laughs> Nephilim, which, sorry, real quick. Nephilim update yeah. in, the ch in the chat says, you guys look ripped. Are you drinking Nephilim milk? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Maybe we should. Maybe that's what I need to get a little more, uh, a little more in, back into shape there. But this was a this was a hand drawn image of a canary with the googly eyes. I love it. I love sent this in by one Christine. Too. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. You guys Christine. are awesome producers of the show, contributing with uh, your artistic talents. I know we had some so, uh, complainers about the googly eyes again. Somebody I don't know who it was, and it doesn't matter. Said if I lost the googly eyes, then more people would watch on Twitch. I don't know how that logic works out, but I'm not falling for it. The googly eyes, they become a symbol, a symbol of freedom, <laughs> a symbol of resistance. I'm telling you, it's going to, the googly eyes are going to become like, uh, like the uh, V for Vendetta mask, the Guy Fox mask. You watch, there's going to be, they're going to start showing up in Times Square. 
They're going to replace all these historical statues that are tearing down with oh, a statue of Basil. Oh, that's what they should do. Put the giant googly eyes on the statues. Oh, yeah, so man. you don't have to tear them down, right? You, you know, just, uh, I'm just going to say it right now. If if people start sending me uh, images, if they sent, you can c- send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Start putting googly eyes on things to, uh, that you want to protest. That'll be it. It's a... Sim- go. We got to start the the nationwide movement of putting googly eyes uh, to protest things. I think that would cut down on the violence, cut down on the vandalism, and really get the uh, get the the message across. I think to to the elites and those dang <laughs> I billionaires. I hope the message gets across. I don't know. It might get lost. On I don't know, man. The, most the of guy the Fox Mask did a great job. I think the googly eyes are next. Okay. Um, okay, what else we got here? Let me, uh-oh, I've completely gotten lost in tabs. Let me reorganize myself. Okay, yeah, uh, gonna, what else? Gonna, Are we good for this break? Did we break good? I think we broke good. Uh, somebody was saying in the chat, I, I don't remember, it was pretty far back in the chat there, but they were saying that they don't get it since uh, we just did a story about how Amazon and you know getting the rich get richer, why do we want to move over to, over to Twitch? Mm-hmm. Doesn't the rich get richer still if mm. we move it to Twitch? Yeah. And that's why we were kind of saying okay. that, yeah, we need to we need to eventually get on our own website and our own servers and stuff. But that's a little more technical. Well, let me say and, this. Um, let me. Let, I, sure. I didn't give the whole spiel this time. So, and you know, I, I just don't want to bug people by saying it over and over. But I forget that every show is somebody's first show. So the reason uh, we want people to go to Twitch. Oh, and there's another announcement. Okay. So the reason that we push for Twitch so much is for a couple of reasons. Once one reason is um, they're continuing harassing us over on YouTube, shutting down the stream, uh, demonetizing the channel and uh, and taking down Gonza's videos, which is just not cool. So it's a point of protest. We want to move away from there. Uh, the other one is there are some goals, some viewership goals that if we hit them on Twitch, it actually unlocks a lot of cool tools for Gonz for you and I to support ourselves without directly asking for donations but you know because there's a lot of people who don't who will who will never become producers and that's fine uh we put out the show you know getting the truth out there is worth it enough um but uh uh, twitch has a lot of really cool tools for streaming um that will allow uh some control for like producers and, and audience members to control certain things that happen on the show, stuff like that. Some really cool tools and also some stuff that will help you and I support ourselves um, without being so dependent on um, producers. But maybe that's not what we're supposed to do. I don't know. Who knows? Apparently, it's very hard. I will say right now, if everybody I'm looking at the numbers now, if everybody who is on YouTube went and watched on Twitch right now, we would hit our goals in in one day, in one broadcast. Um, But the chances of that are quite slim. But that's why we always talk about Twitch. Um, We're mad at YouTube and Twitch has a bunch of stuff that helps Gons and I feed our kids and our kitties um, and, you know, helps us support ourselves during this time because we are only uh, essential employees of this show and nothing else um also gons i mentioned it to you right before the show and this might be fun Mm -hmm. and so i want some feedback from listeners i'll be watching the chat as i explain this but because twitch is owned by amazon um amazon is making available uh watch parties for amazon prime shows so we can actually 
broadcast an Amazon Prime show on our Twitch channel. Uh, now there's some details I got to figure out here, but the th- the idea is that we could broadcast Amazon Prime channel uh, shows on our channels. Uh, and do like a watch party. Now, why would we want to do that? Well, if you listen to the show long enough, I've given you so I've, I've come to the show so many times, uh, keeping an eye on, uh, the media and Hollywood. And now of course, streaming television about, uh, you know, the, the sort of programming that comes out that pushes agendas that we talk about on the show a lot, especially technocracy, technocracy agendas. One of them being upload, which is a, uh, a, an idea that we were talking about back in 2012, but now there's a show um, about uploading your consciousness using uh, uploaded consciousness as an afterlife replacement um, and bringing people back from that. And of course, we've been talking about uploading consciousnesses for almost 10 years now. And so to see uh, a show come out that is basically ripped from Canary Cry Radio uh episodes um it would be a cool opportunity to do a watch party with you and i watching this show upload and talking about it and identifying the the programming notes um and how this is being used to uh you know legitimize consciousness uploading which of course uh, has all sorts of problems uh when it comes to you know a, a the afterlife and heaven and salvation and and things like that and this is what's getting put out there and it's important to be able to identify it and talk about it and uh that would be a cool thing to do on twitch i think um shows that come to my mind off the top of my head are upload which is about uploading consciousnesses the feed which is uh about um, the Mercer box that we talked about, the the empathy box from uh, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep and what that means for a global religion, a global consciousness, uh, and the new age aspects of the uh, technocratic future that we talk a lot about on the show. So the feed would be cool to watch, um, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. So keep an eye out. I'm going to be looking into uh, you know what it takes to do that uh, i can't guarantee it yet it's a new a new feature that they're rolling out so we'll see what we can do but i think that would be really cool and really helpful for the listeners of the show um, because you know we've been talking about it like crazy people for nine years now um, but now we can actually show how the programming is being presented to the people and how that's going to affect the near future uh, when we fall into the technocracy Anyways, yeah, there you go. And what do somebody, you think about somebody that? Somebody also, I, I like the idea. It's kind of like a mystery science theater. Oh, that's exactly there. right. We've been compared, yeah. especially with the googly eyes, been compared yeah. to mystery <laughs> been science theater. Already. Yeah, we can. And, uh, yeah, I like it. Somebody in the chat also mentioned theta.tv. And actually, I we tried to get a streaming key, and what we received was nothing. And they said... <laughs> Basically, you're supposed to get on social media and like have a hashtag stream keys, please, and all this kind of stuff. Nothing yet, but yeah, sure. We we were trying to get on Theta TV dot TV as well because it's uh, it's the next thing, you know. You know about Theta, Basil? Uh, I only know from what you told me. 
Okay. But it's, gonna... there you go. Uh, you know, every yeah. new platform that comes out is trying to do it better. And so we are open to doing it better. Of course, if there's any IT professionals out there who would be able to help us set up our own live stream on our, uh, on our own website without having to rely on uh, microservices, I would really love to hear from you. We're, there's a lot of people out there and we'll get even buy some gear, we'll get even more listeners, you know, listens after the podcast is broadcasted. Um, and if so, if you're a, a te- uh, you know, an IT person, a tech person, web design person, coder, uh, and you are, you'd be able to help us do that. We would love to have a backup that is not reliant on billionaire services. So uh, you can email us at canarycryradio at gmail.com. All right, let's get into it. The last uh, okay, segment of last the show here. segment. Let's get back to it. Okay. The hustle.co. The hustle.co. Yeah, I kind of want to do this one. All right. Um, this is the hustle.co, and the article is titled Why a Small Town in Washington is Printing Its Own Currency During the Pandemic. Oh, gosh. Show burps coming back. Here we go. Okay. Get yourself together. Basil. Come on, man. Um, The article reads, Wayne Fournier was sitting in a town meeting when he had his big idea. As the mayor of Tonino, Washington, population 1,884, he'd watched the pandemic rake local businesses. Residents couldn't afford groceries. Long lines snaked outside the local food bank. For more than a month, the town area looked almost, the downtown area looked almost abandoned. To bring back the economy, Fournier needed to act, quote, we were talking about grants for businesses, microloans, trying to team up with a bunch of different banks, he tells The Hustle. The big concern was how do we directly help families and individuals? And then it hit him. Why not start our own currency? Eureka! Eureka! The plan came together fast. Fournier decided that Tonino would set aside $10,000 to give out to low-income residents hurt by the pandemic. But instead of using federal dollars, he'd print the money on thin sheets of wood designed exclusively for use in Tonino. His mint? A 130-year-old newspaper printer from a local museum. That is so cool. I love that. I like that. Yeah. Fournier's central idea is pulled straight from Tonino's own history. During the Great Depression, the city printed sets of wooden dollars using that exact same 1890 newspaper printer. Within a year, the wooden currency had helped bring the economy back from the dead. By reinstating the old currency now, Fournier has accidentally become part of a much bigger movement. With businesses worried about keeping the lights on and people scrambling to find to find spending money, communities have struggled to keep their local economies afloat. So they've revived an old strategy. When in doubt, print your own money. There we go. <laughs> it seems like a good idea for all of us. <laughs> Today, these so-called local currencies might help small communities recover from the economic fallout of COVID-19. Fournier isn't your cookie-cutter politician, a firefighter since the age of 18. He first gained local notoriety for a series of Banksy-style guerrilla art projects that took a jab at local leaders. Soon after he revealed himself, ooh, he won a spot on the city council. Four years later, in 2016, he became Tonino's mayor. To hear 
Peter Fournier tell it, until COVID-19, the community had been on the upswing. Fournier was working on plans to create 150 new agricultural jobs, but Tonino's businesses, which are locally owned and run on small margins, weren't built to weather a lockdown. Quote, there's a lot of them that have already said they're not going to reopen, says Fournier, and the ones that have been hanging on are going to need a boost. The city is also poorer than the rest of Washington state. Quote, we have a higher rate of kids in our school district that receive free and reduced lunch, says Fournier. Uh, There's a higher rate of folks who are in poverty. Fournier's local currency program works like this. Residents below the poverty line can apply to receive money from the $10,000 fund that Tonino has set aside. Fournier says they uh, also have to prove that the pandemic has impacted them, but we're pretty open to what that means. Once they're approved, they can pick up their stipends printed in wooden notes worth $25 each. The city is capping the amount uh, each resident can accrue at 12 wooden notes or $300 a month. According to Fournier, each note features a Latin inscription that means basically we've got this handled. The spending comes from, I like that. We're fine. We're going to be fine. Here, take this wooden money. The spending comes with a few restrictions. Residents can't use the money to buy cigarettes, lottery tickets, or alcohol. The currency is designed for the essentials, including food, gas, and daycare. Almost every business in town accepts the wooden notes, and twice a month, they can submit redemption requests to the city to turn the notes into cash. But why print money on wood? Why not just give residents $300 worth of federal dollars? The answer is simple. By creating its own local currency, Tonino keeps the money in the community. As Fournier puts it, Amazon will not be accepting wooden dollars. Quote, the money stays in the city. It doesn't go out to Walmart and Costco and all those places, uh, says Joyce Worrell who has run the antique shop Ironworks Boutiques for the past decade. Worrell sells clothes, jewelry, and in an outdoor garden that adjoins her shop, an assortment of furniture. These days, she's added masks and disinfectants. Closing down businesses these last few months, Worrell Worrell says, was a catastrophe for a lot of us, but she has rallied around the wooden currency as a way to revitalize the local economy. After all, it worked for the city once before. The currency hasn't woven its way into her story, yet, but she's expecting it soon. Quote, a lot of people in our city work for places that hire low-wage help, part-time help, so they've been out of work this whole time, Worrell says. This shows that we're doing something as a community to really step in and help. In Tonino, wooden currency goes way back. Originally home to the Nisqually tribe, outside settlers first arrived in Tonino in 1851 when a gold rusher from Maine established a farm alongside the nearby Scatter Creek. In 1872, the Northern Pacific Railroad added a new station in Tonino, and for a time, the city was the northernmost stop on the West Coast. By the mid-1900s, the world knew Tonino for three things, its lumber business, its quarries, and its wooden currency. The legend of the wooden currency started in December 1931 when Tonino's only bank closed shop. The Great Depression was ripping through the country and countless townspeople lost their savings. Most had to stretch the little money they had to pay for groceries, rent, and other essentials. A local newspaper publisher named Don Mayhor pitched a solution. With the bank gone, Tonino would, uh, could invent its own currency. The officials agreed and Mayor printed a series of notes, $0.25 cents, a dollar 
dollar, five dollars, and ten dollars on rolled Sitka spruce. Oh, sorry, on rolled Sitka spruce. He and two local doctors agreed to back all of the currency themselves. By January 1933, the town had printed six thousand five hundred dollars worth of wooden money. Tonino hasn't gone, wasn't alone in this experience. Sorry, experiment. During the Great Depression, local currency saw a golden age. Hundreds of municipalities, business associations, and worker co-ops started issuing scripts. One estimate suggested as much as $1 billion worth of scripts circulated in the U.S. in the 1930s. Cash-strap businesses soon... Uh, okay, I'm going to skip down a little bit because um, we kind of get the idea. Um, long story short, so money does grow on trees. Yes. <laughs> money does grow on trees was, uh, the, the newspaper headline that swept the country there. Um, they kind of give, you know, they go into a lot. Uh, well, let's try this. Can local currencies really save the economy? Take a look around the globe and you'll find local currencies everywhere. Amid the economic fallout from COVID-19, small town leaders have struck on the same idea as Fournier. The town of Castellino del Biferno, Italy, uh, population 550, started printing a local paper, paper currency nicknamed the Ducati in late April to stimulate commerce. Mexico's Santa Maria Jalpa sent out about $2,000 worth, $2, worth of local currency called Jajal Pesos to help poor residents buy vegetables, chicken, and tortillas. The Brazilian city of Maricha is making extra money off a digital local currency known as the Mumbuka. The Mumbukas are so omnipresent, even city officials receive their salaries in Mumbukas. That biz... Uh, that businesses pay the local government a 2% fee to accept them. That money is funneled into no interest loans that are offered out to members of the community. In the U.S., the local currency movement is more fractured. Plenty of currencies like the Ithaca Hours or Bay Bucks made a splash for a decade or so before petering out. One of the most successful ongoing experiments is called Berkshires, a paper currency founded in 2006 through the nonprofit Schumacher Center for New Economics. Over 400 businesses in Great Barrington, Massachusetts accept Berkshires, and the money is backed through a network of community banks. Um, the article goes on for quite a while, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's it. I think we kind of get the, the, the whole idea here, Gans, uh, unless there was something in there that you, uh, highlighted that yeah. you want to talk about. Um, well, yeah, it's, there's a good and a bad aspect to this. The good obviously is the support of the local communities and, and keeping it, it, it think of like an arcade, right? You can only use certain coins at the arcade. So you sort of limit the the use of a certain type of currency. Mm -hmm. the, the the negative aspect of it is you can only use the currency in certain locations. Yeah, but the, right? the, so the a, point it's is the double that, edge. But the point is that that is positive anyways. Um, there, let me. Right. There's a first of all. Let me say that the actual the actually the United States have a, has a long history of local currencies you know even right. back at the inception well maybe not the inception but in the 1800s you know there's a period there where every state had their own currency there was right. a federal currency but the states you know had their own currency so there was hundreds of different currencies in the united states uh for quite a while before you know the the fed came in and didn't like that very much but i almost see this 
exclusively as a good thing. And let me tell you why. First of all, it's all community based. And, you know, with the with the idea that most, if not all, at least of the important local businesses will accept this. Um, you're keeping the money out of Costco. You're keeping the money out of Walmart. You're keeping your money out of billionaires' pockets, which we've just spent, you know, tons of this show talking about how screwed up it is that billionaires have become ultra billionaires because of the pandemic. While you know half the country is struggling more than anybody should. Um, and so, you know, keeping the money in the community is a huge benefit. I also love the fact that they're not, you know, giving more money to billionaires. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of the fact that they're not relying on the federal government to, uh, you know, exchange good and goods and services uh, in their own community. That's I'm always down for, you know, getting as little federal government involved as possible. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, of course, I'm not saying there's no downsides. I'm sure there is. Uh, but, you know, this is another example of American communities, uh, you know, turning their backs on a federal government that has turned their backs on them. You know, we're, right. we're constantly being betrayed by the federal government. And it's about time that, you know, especially in communities that don't get the attention that they deserve just as an American town, uh, you know, the federal government's supposed to be taking, you know, if not taking care of people, at least facilitating, uh, you know, a prosperous economy. And if they're not, who cares about them? You know, right. make your own prosperous yeah, I, economy. I'm mostly in agreement with you. I, I honestly think that this is really a better way to obviously garner, uh, again, like you said, local building local businesses and keeping things uh, within your community. Uh, I think the issues start popping up when you have the trade-off uh, on the margins. I think uh, if you're trying to, if the government can easily step in and say, okay, if you're trading into those currencies, like let's say you travel to a different state and you got to change your money from one kind of currency to another to use it in that location, it's going to, you know, there's going to be this, there's always yeah, going to be the federal government the coming in. You're not, that's, I, I get what you're saying, but that's the whole point is to not bring the, the money into another community. It's to keep it in yours. I, now, I, I see know, some people in the it. chat talking about, now I will, I'll say, Six String Commando says, this local currency thing is like a precursor to a one world currency. It's like flippy as the Skynet, uh, which is funny. I have to totally disagree, though, Six String Commando. Nothing personal. I just disagree. I think this is opposite of moving towards a one world currency. And more right. than anything, I like that it's on uh, it's on wood. You know, there's a lot of opportunities <laughs> yes. to, uh, you know, the the. The digital currency thing, you know, creating a, an ERC Ethereum token is easy enough for anybody to do. But of course, especially when you're working with uh, low income and people below the poverty line, you can't expect them to have a smartphone and a digital wallet and stuff in order to to handle their money. So, right. you know, you're, it's you're, also it's it's back also to the garden gaunts. this is all back I to know. the garden i get it i get it i get it <laughs> the one thing that's interesting though is that the us dollar especially right now it it kind of already is the one world currency it's the world reserve currency yeah. but it's also because it's made and printed in the united states there's also that same uh the same kind of logic being used here in terms of hey if you're going to 
if you're going to use anything, you got to use the dollar, uh, you know, especially with other countries, but the value of this wooden dollar or, or the, these wooden currencies is still denominated in dollars, isn't it? It's still like, yeah, it's still, but it's, I see that as more of a measurement issue. You know, if you were, you know, if you, if you were inventing your own, uh, unit of measurement and you said, okay, this is right. making a new unit of measurement. It's called the basil. Well, how big is a basil? Well, it's, it's six inches. <laughs> how big is a basil? How big is basil? And, and okay. you go, okay, well, that's, well, why are you, well, even, wait, why are you even talking about in inches? Well, I'm just helping you understand how big the basil is, you know, something like that. So I, I understand what you're saying i just disagree and that's okay <laughs> it's okay um it's, it's there, all in wait, weights and measures there know, was oh the, you know i'm again just responding to some chat that i'm seeing you know i could see some people are uncomfortable with this idea and you know because of course none of us want the dollar to get in that much trouble we would all be really in trouble if the dollar got in too much trouble i don't think this is a threat to the dollar at all i mean this is basically just I mean, it's, it's no, I mean, if you want to get down to it, it's no different than just writing a coupon for, you know, it $25 worth of groceries. Yeah, it still would. I mean, the intrinsic value here is, is not very, uh, uh, I mean, it's still a, a note. It's, it's still like a fiat, you know, in that sense, there's no actual tangible yeah. sort of value to this. It's still yeah, a fiat because it's, it's decreed. You know, it's decreed and it's agreed upon. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good in the sense that it limits who can use it and you can limit, uh, limit, you know, uh, what communities get to use it and stuff like that. So I guess I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that part. Yeah. I just think that, you know, if, if like, it all goes to, if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, a little piece of wooden thing is not necessarily just like the U S paper dollar is not going to really get you anything. Yeah, There's that course. footage of, um, Venezuela. I don't know if you saw it. Basil was uh, hitting social media the last few days where I don't have it, at, uh, I'm not going to pull it up right the second, but basically it was, um, what's the, the currency over in Venezuela? I forget what it's called, You're but basically the they digital were dumping one or the, uh, no, 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 the paper, actual, the paper money, some sort of peso. I think it, it's inflated so much that they were just dumping it off of the back of this truck and the kids were just playing in it, you know, it's oh, yeah. like, well, Venezuela it, is a very special case. <laughs> I, I get it, but I, you know, it's just one of those things where you got to remember that there's money is, it, it is kind of like magic. It really is oh, because you yeah. have this agreement upon all the people that use it. It's a medium of exchange, yeah, right? We did a whole Canary Cry radio episode on it. Everybody go, yeah. uh, go to canarycryradio.com and find the, the, what, who was that, that we interviewed? I forget, but it was a money based interview and it was very important. But the fact of the matter is that this is not you know, this is not a currency to get rich on. It's not a currency no, for every no, individual. This is a currency to help out people who who don't have help, who don't have jobs, who don't have the money, and who are just trying it's, to survive. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's fantastic for a population of 1,800. You know, that's perfect almost. Yeah. And the bigger you get, you know, that, the other part is like, who? What if I, what if one guy hoards all of it? <laughs> what happens then? I know they said they limited the issuance, but what if that 
I, I know, no, but what if know, one guy is just need their dollars to pay the bank? So the way that it's set up is if you're if you're below the poverty line, you go to the you know mayoral office or whatever, however they're doing it. You you get your little stipend, you get your money, you go to the general store, you spend your twenty five you know. Uh, dollar or your wooden buck or whatever and then uh, that business can turn it back in uh, to get dollars to pay for their bills so it's it's simply it's it's only relegated for people who are below the poverty line to get help that's the only thing that it's work it's it's used for Makes sense. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I think we should all just have our own. Uh, these currencies local currencies, for our man, children. I like it. And and if you haven't done yet, <laughs> look into it. Look into the uh, the history the of history, local currencies yeah. in the United States. Actually, I've got it pulled up right here on the wiki. Early American currency, and uh, every state had their own currency. Towns would all have their own currencies, and this federal money that was getting pushed on them by the the big wigs in Washington. You know, it was only used for very special things. Um, it's a good way to uh, teach your kids, maybe, too, if you have your own family currency, you know, mm-hmm. got to eat yeah, dinner every day, go. got to pay up, got to do some work, got to, you, you know, go. yeah. instead of dollars, you give them, you know, money that only works within your, your household. Yeah, you get chore bucks. Chore bucks. There you go. <laughs> That's a whole thing we can come go. up with. That. Another, another economics. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, All, yep. right. All right. There you go. The alternative here is the uh, warning sent out by CNBC.com. Powell, who's the, I think he's the chair. Is he the chair? Yes, chairman of the Federal Reserve, warns of significant uncertainty about the recovery and says small businesses are at risk. Yeah, no kidding. Didn't realize that, Mr. Jerome Powell. Thanks for letting (laughs) us know. Federal Reserve Chairman warned Tuesday about significant uncertainty regarding the pace of the U.S. economic recovery and said small businesses and lower income and minority Americans are particularly at risk. During the first day of his semi-annual testimony before Congress, Powell told the Senate Banking Committee that while some indicators have shown improvement, there's still a long way to go as the economy regains its footing from the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, The levels of output and employment remain far below their pre-pandemic levels and significant uncertainty remains about the timing and strength of the recovery. Da, 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 da. We get it. It's uh, it's not a good, good time for small businesses. And really what's particularly frustrating about this is I think Mnuchin just recently announced that they're going to print another, I can't remember how much it was, $700 billion or something like that. And they claim that it was going to be for small businesses but they wouldn't make public which businesses they're actually funneling that money to. Mm, of course. And from what I understand, there's actually some people in Congress that were receiving that money firsthand. So oh, yeah, no kidding. Not good. Not good. Like, you know, b- small family businesses that are uh, <clears throat> related to people in Congress. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, so not a good, not a good situation. And uh, at the same time, I'm going to fly through this because we, we got another story here based on money. The reconstruction of the fourth industrial revolution has begun. This is Cointelegraph.com. Akon's Crypto City moves ahead, awarding $6 billion construction contract. $6 billion, Basil. Yeah. 
Uh, a U.S. engineering firm awarded singer and entrepreneur Akon with a $6 billion contract to build a crypto city in Senegal. And I actually reported Senegal. on this back. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's Africa, man. It's Wakanda. I'm telling you the Wakanda <laughs> propaganda was real. I'm not joking. I know. I'm not joking. This a few episodes ago. And, and I mentioned it also in the video about the Microsoft uh, 2020-060606 patent mm, video yeah. I made back in March. Um, th- this is more of the model of, I think, what they're going to try to do with a Mark of the Beast-ish type of system based around a personality, you know, an individual. Uh, United States engineering firm KE International awarded Senegal American singer and entrepreneur Akon with a $6 billion contract to build a cryptocurrency city in Senegal. According to a June 4th announcement, K International secured $4 billion from investors from the first two phases of Akon City's construction. Akon first announced plans to build the city in January. The firm has now confirmed the deal and added more details about the project. The first phase of Akon's development is expected to be completed at the end of 2023. By the end of this phase, the complex will include a mall, residences, hotels, and a police station. Uh, a school, a waste facility, a solar power plant, and a hospital campus. The second phase is expected to be completed in 2029, just in time for 2030, mm. uh, and is expected to deliver a complete city entirely running on the A-Coin cryptocurrency. As Cointel, uh, Cointelegraph reported in mid-March, A-Coin is a cryptocurrency designed for entrepreneurs in developing countries such as Africa. So there you go. The same idea, Basil, about having that local currency but in a smart city. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. Uh, I think it's very interesting how that's all going to turn out. We'll see. Yes. Now, well, here- there's been plenty of companies and people talking about building a crypto city. So I'll believe it when I see it. But Well, here's the difference with this one. Okay. Uh, they, there was a conference that we, uh, I was, I was checking out, I think it's called, ah, man, I'm totally fl- blanking on the name. It was it was happening yesterday and today, and Akon was one of the guys talking, and he basically admitted that the United Nations is 100% behind this project. And the United Nations, I think some of the verbiage they were using was that the United Nations is going to help rebuild Africa, which is the irony there, right? Didn't they help destroy Africa with all their programs? Uh-huh. But now they're going to help rebuild Africa by usurping or going around Western democracies. Mm. So they're going to go ahead and do that without the help of the United States mm. directly mm. And, and just going to rebuild Africa. That's why I think the Wakanda propaganda thing is real. Sounds like and China's involved in this too. Well, if you're the United Nations, China's definitely involved. Yeah, China and has the other a part huge, of it, China has about a million people uh, living and working in Africa. That's been one of their main economic targets over the past few years. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the average age, this is something I heard at the conference, uh, the average age of the African right now is 19 years old. Oh my gosh. So I, yeah. So I think they're really targeting Africa to rebuild and all this kind of stuff because the big economic boom is going to happen in Africa, which I've always stated that this is very prophetic uh, in a sense, because if you look at uh, Daniel, the prophecies in Daniel chapter 11, Africa is a powerhouse, yeah. you know, that, that surrounds Israel and stuff. So, you know, well, that's maybe why this is heading more so, in that direction in so much trouble and been exploited for so long. I mean, the natural resources in Africa, I forget what the actual numbers are, but the natural resources in Africa pretty much across the board are something equal to some, some multiplication of the rest of the world combined. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's got the it's got everything it needs to go full on Wakanda, but uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, shady dealings from other powers, been, yeah, including, of course, and including I, I really America think, and China and everybody. I really think the uh, the sort of civil war type of race war type of stuff that they've been brewing here in the United States also has to do with that. I think there's a part of yeah. it that's going to be uh, sort of a, a, a you know getting getting the the people on board to really rebuild Africa. Yeah. Which again, yeah. the irony is the Hegelian dialectic. You know, destroy the the whole nation. Strip it of all of its resources, rebuild, and then yeah. come back in and help rebuild it. Yeah, it's just the know, same pattern over and over. It's interesting you bring that up. Um, really, aside from the show, just kind of in my general, you know, research and knowledge gathering, I recently uh, uh, did kind of a deep dive on uh, what is it called? Afrofuturism. Have you mm-hmm. looked into this? Not particularly that. Yeah. No. So Afrofuturism was really a literary trend throughout the 20th century. Um, and it was mostly African-American uh, authors and filmmakers and musicians and things like that. Uh, you know, they felt kind of left out from a lot of the sci-fi uh, storytelling. You know, there wasn't a lot of black people in, uh, you know, sci-fi uh, books and stuff like that. So they started writing sci-fi um, all centered around uh, Africans, you know, sort of in the future, Africans in spaceships and Africans, you know, doing all the same sci-fi stuff that, uh, mm. you know, was just by trend probably uh, relegated to mostly white characters. And now Afrofuturism has kind of evolved into basically the Wakanda thing leading to, you know, Africa being going to be the first uh, continent and people group uh, to reach some sort of, you know, super future um, technological, yeah, techni- technological future, yeah. utopia, stuff like that. Um, and then there's of course a bunch of conspiracy theories around that about how specific and, you know, Hey, some, you can some, some conspiracy theories are true about how other world powers specifically, um, you know, trying to, uh, take the riches out of Africa to not allow Africa to reach, reach Wakanda status. So this is a very interesting sort of thread of, of literary history look into for afro uh, futurism which has now become a pretty powerful idea behind um black lives matter and and a lot of similar movements like that and i imagine akon is a big uh, big fan of afro afrofuturism yeah i'm sure he's part of that uh, the initiation of all the all that movement happening w- for sure wakanda forever baby forever okay um I'm running out yeah, of time here, so we're pretty much at go the right end of your the, time. Uh, so uh, yeah. that's good. You want to do, we'll do a Nephilim a, update or do it real quick? Yep. Okay. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. And this is a. I thought this was very interesting. Uh, Benzinga.com author Nick Huntley's new book CERN: Satan's Playground is a heady blend of quantum physics and global conspiracy in a riveting thriller for science savvy readers. And so uh, Nick Huntley, I'll I'll wait for the check, the marketing check <laughs> in the uh, in the mails. Yeah, a lot of people owe you money. <laughs> yeah, Nick Huntley, an electrical engineer with a lifelong fascination with science, Einstein, ch- time travel, and everything that makes up the universe, has published his new book, 
CERN, Satan's Playground, a fact-based and illuminating account of modern astrophysics and a compelling revelation of the possible motivations behind the work of scientists at the European Organization of Nuclear Research, which is CERN. Uh, Could CERN, the creator of the birthplace of the World Wide Web, be involved and even be behind the most ultimate conspiracy in all of history with their science, symmetry, Satanism, paganism, and rituals? This book is designed as a brief introduction into how CERN is deeply and darkly connected to many world leaders, the Vatican, the Hollywood elite, the deep state, the Illuminati, and the New World Order. The book takes the reader on a journey through what is easily one of the most secretive organizations of all time and is an accessible and very carefully structured introduction into how it all started, how everything was created with the Big Bang almost 14 billion years ago and CERN's burning desire to recreate those conditions through physics and by colliding particles together at almost the speed of light and attempting to be like God Almighty. Uh, They have created the largest machine in the world and even discovered the God particle, the glue that holds the entire universe together. Why would they build their nuclear research facility upon the burial grounds of Apollyon, the destroyer? Could CERN be responsible for releasing the devil from the bottomless pit from his prison hell as written in in the Bible in Revelation 9? CERN has long been accused of operating uh, opening up black holes that could very well swallow the entire universe. And they even admitted to this Armageddon like possibility on several occasions. And uh, it just kind of keeps going here. But uh, anyway, the book is uh, it's a science fiction book, but man, sounds like science fact. Sounds like he's been reading <laughs> some Tom Horn and watching some Face Like the Sun That's right. videos or something. Yeah. And uh, so there you go. CERN, Satan's Playground is part of our Ooh. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Okay, everybody, that's all we got for today's show. I do want to say happy Juneteenth to everybody. I meant, oh. to, I meant to mention that at the top of uh, the show. Juneteenth. Is, is it really a happy thing to celebrate? Uh, Juneteenth is a holiday celebrating the emancipation of those who had been enslaved in the United States. It was the day okay. that the slaves were set free. So, yep, I'd say yeah, I, we should I, I gotta be honest. I didn't, I had no idea what it was until. <laughs> well, there you go. Like recently. I, I learned you something and, uh, all the rest of you as well. I know we have some Juneteenth celebrators who listen to the show. So, uh, there you go. So happy Juneteenth. And, uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, remember, we are looking for more producers of the show. We do not subscribe to selling your attention to billionaires for our own personal gain. We believe that's what's wrong with the world today. So we need you to come on and uh, help us produce the show. You can do that at patreon.com ccnt. You can also do that at uh, canarycryradio.com support. Canary! Radio.com slash That's right. And, uh, you know, on a, on a heartfelt note, I do want to thank all of our producers for helping uh, produce the show. We couldn't do it without you. And, you know, it was kind of a slow week um, for bringing on new producers of the show. So uh, we do earnestly ask that uh, if you get any value out of the show, whether you've listened or watched one episode or 10 episodes or 100 or 200 now that we're over episode 200 if you get any value out of the show please consider uh, helping us out and returning some value and becoming a producer of the show um and uh the canarycryradio.com slash support there's paypal options there's recurring support as well as one-time donations if 
commitment's not your thing. So thank you very much, gonna, everybody. Yeah. And I just, I forgot to mention that uh, we also have canarycryradio.com slash crypto. And somebody did send us some XRP oh, recently. There we go. So uh, some Ripple XRP uh, as a gift, a donation, just a small amount. So thank you for whoever sent that. It's anonymous. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know who sent there it. There you go. So we've got anonymous producers. We appreciate that very much as well. Um, and remember, you can help produce the show in a lot of ways. You can send us some art, some show-specific art. Uh, just a little tip there. If you're, we got we got a lot of creative people who help out with the show. And uh, if you create some sort of art, some visual art, send that over to CanaryCryRadio uh, at gmail.com and uh, we'll show it on the show and it'll pop up uh, on Facebook or in our newsletters, stuff like that because we love sharing the art that our producers make. Um, remember, you know, we're looking for some show-specific art. Uh, we get a lot of great stuff, but, you know, uh, we really can only use stuff that is specific to the show. So we appreciate that very much. And if you are a sound person, at the end of the show, we'll be playing our Canary Cry mixtape. And if uh, you create uh, some sort of song or jam based on the show, we'll put it on the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show. So stick around for that, as well as jingles. If you're a jingle creator, send us a jingle to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Remember to keep it short. Make sure there's no royalty uh, music in there. No, no big name bands. And if there is, make sure it's, uh, you know, three or four seconds, something like that. That would be great. And we will play it on the show. We appreciate that so much. Uh, we're really lucky to have such a great, creative, and generous group of producers. We couldn't do it without you guys. Now, there's other ways to help the show. You can leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify. We are now on Google Music. What is it called? Google Music? Google Podcast. Google Podcasts apparently has a, is a place now. Leave a rating and a review there. We're brand new there. We need some ratings and reviews to help us out. Um, so thank you guys very much. Another great way to support the show is to just tell a friend. Uh, word of mouth is the best way to get the show around and spread the truth that we think so desperately needs to be spread. And y'all got friends and family who are still getting their news from the mainstream or their Facebook feed. And let me give you some advice. You want to walk right up to him, you want to grab him by the cage, and you just got to shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Rattle a few cages! Rattle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve and if they don't ask noah that's right just ask no ask noah and i want to thank fact checker bot in the chat says i don't have money but i will scream at everyone on youtube for the entire show if it helps <laughs> don't know if it helps but it. worth giving it a try thanks fact checker bot and remember we'll be giving shout outs to the rest of our uh, new twitch followers next show please consider uh, watching the show on twitch it helps us out a whole bunch it's the easiest way to help the show and uh, we want to stick it to youtube so that's a fun thing for everybody to partake in okay everybody remember we'll be back next week on monday sometime between noon and 5 p.m pacific standard time make sure you have notifications turned on so you can catch the next episode of canary cry news talk so make sure to tune in next time but
But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. Don't let me go into the archives and find out what I told you. I tell you something. People call me everything under the sun, accuse me of lying, and everything else. I try to give you a heads up, I warn you, and then months later when I'm right, everybody forgets. I, I said this months ago. I said this months ago. Look at up. I tried to tell y'all this is what was happening. I tried to tell you. Heads are going to roll. I tried to tell you. It's chaos. It's a mess. I tried to tell you, and nobody wanted to listen. Do y'all hear me now? Is it clear? I tried to tell y'all, it's getting ugly. It's a mess. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell you. Nobody wanted to listen. And now you see folks scurrying. I mean, my I tried to tell you. You know how many times I'll say something months in advance, and then it comes to, to, to fruition. Look they don't forget I reported. See, they're going to have breaking news like it's news. You know what the news was today? I tried to tell you. But nobody wanted to listen. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Keep the cameras on
Zoo.